In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management, providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit acminc.com today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer. Located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska, their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Superglue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack. Located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek tight lines and fish on come hook into the action with them hit them up at thebaitshackak.com anchor town dogs located on fourth avenue across from the old fourth avenue theater look for the blue and gold umbrella from reindeer dogs to bomb euros they've got you covered anchor town dogs your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart Crude Magazine, Alaska-based media outlet using the last frontier as a springboard to discover larger truths about the cultures of our great state. Read more at crudemag.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. 
Lady with a Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details, specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings. Find Lady with a Plan on Instagram. Yeah, that uh, that is probably the only joint that doesn't hurt, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It, you know, if my uh, my dehydrate if I get too dehydrated and the synovial fluid's not there, I, I get a little bit of pain. You know, but yeah, got to keep some fluid in there so it's less friction. But that's why I drink cider. Keep that. <laughs> keep, yeah. keep it. Keep it lubed up. Sean, you ever heard of a caribou call? Uh Probably not. Could you imitate one? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the right one? <laughs> close, 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 close. Yeah. Good. I, Daniel's about to do one. Ready? Here, maybe close your eyes. So you hey, can that, really, so you see your caribou coming in and you want to get a little bit closer because he's way out there. This hold on, what, point this, that away, Daniel. This is what you do, okay? <laughs> it's going to spray all over that road. Oh, yep. oh there Not bad, not bad. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here they come. <laughs> a whole herd of them right to us. You know what these big cans remind me of? So you've seen the, the what? Talladega Nights or um, uh, what's that movie with Ricky Bobby? Yeah, Talladega Nights. So you right? know like every scene with his, his dad's in, he's always got that big tall boy beer. Uh-huh. Like oh, yeah, every yeah, yeah. single scene, he's always it's always a big black like can of beer. Uh-huh. It says beer <laughs> so, on it. <laughs> <laughs> when we brought these in, every single time we talk about them, that's all I can think about. Was, <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> so, so speaking about that, so I went to Seattle for the weekend. You want me to go nice. get a, a, a wet nap? Yeah, man, please. Okay, because I, I got a hot weekend all over. or what? Yeah, so I went to Seattle for a boys weekend to check out the Kraken game. And um, there's an Alaskan um, who... I'll be I'll be honest. I underestimated what I was going to go see uh-huh. and what it, the whole thing with the whole deal was. I totally undervalued and underestimated what it was. So there's an, this Alaskan um, kid. He's a kid. He's like twenty something. I want to say maybe thirty. <clears throat> but he was driving in a monster jam, like a monster truck thing. Nice. Okay. So you know that was what we're gonna do saturday night and i'm with big kyle and he's like oh we're gonna there's like 70 alaskans going to this monster jam thing Uh uh-huh and and we know the driver and i was like oh okay well cool you know i'll go it it wasn't bad it was like 30 bucks to get in or whatever Uh thank you is it at safeco or where's it at so oh you didn't get the memo on that sean the phone that, was <laughs> that, that, that wasn't mine. Oh, that, that wasn't uh, yours. Oh, 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 oh okay. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> okay, I have right. to tell Dan, like, Dan, we record every Tuesday, bro. Come on. Yeah, I always call you. It's Tuesday at 7. Yeah, mine, every single time, he's the only one that does it. Mine, mine's on airplanes. So. Okay, nice. perfect. So, so anyway, um, it's at the Lumen Field, okay, where the Seahawks play. So I'm like, oh, this oh, is, is like huge. is that what it is now? So this Lumen? is huge. And so I go to this thing, and it's like sold out, like Monster Jam, like when you were kids, dude. The Grave Digger, um, all these other ones. That I was like, "What? This dude drives this thing, dude?" Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "And there's just kids and families everywhere." And he drives El Toro, El Toro Loco, bro. 
Does I was it, like a it, child again. Like the shirt? Yeah. I was like a child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's bright orange. I was like a child. But this was like the mo- like the stuff they used to watch yeah, on TV, yeah, dude. Yeah. They were having an actual like event, event, uh-huh. and they all competed and they do the tricks, Backflips and it is so and loud. It is so loud. It's, yeah, it's they're like it, drag, drag, oh. like thousand horsepower and plus motors in those things. Yeah, alcohol burning. Yeah, and it was actual competition. He got second. I want to say he got. He didn't win it. And but it was it like was, a race around. Or? No, so they do like a skills competition uh-huh. where the dudes go out and like stay on their front like, wheels like and, and go on their back and spin around on the side yeah, and yeah. do all this stuff roll them over and then when they do the actual run they get like one run uh-huh. on the track for i don't know like two minutes each or yeah. three minutes each or i don't know how long it is um but he was one of like two dudes on the side they have this one that goes straight up like that and uh-huh. they go and straight up and do a whole backflip no way yeah i've seen it yeah, it's oh man shit. Dude, it was it was like Way better than like football, <laughs> soccer. It was oh man, I was like a, a kid. Dude. Boy, it dude. was crazy. You gonna hang up the skates and start yeah. driving? Anyway, his name is Mark List, and he's from Alaska. And we're gonna have him come on on the That's show, dude, awesome. and talk about Perfect. it, dude. He's yeah, just such a rad right. dude, man. I just I give like a shout I'm out to him. Did you get to meet him? Before. Yeah, yeah. He were all at the bar afterwards. The nicest guy you ever met, dude. Like, it was awesome, dude. It was cool. Was he all bruised up and no? And I thought it was going to be like you know, you know, you have the impression it's just like some old rowdy, you know, what I'm saying, dude. And he was a young, like good looking, like, like a guy, NASCAR man. race car. Yeah, driver. man. I was like, this is the guy, dude. As I had so many questions, I was like, I'm just yeah. gonna save him. Yeah, I wonder how we got in. How do you even get into that, dude? Because yeah. it's like the same people since the '80s, like doing it, and all the other guys are like old, you know, yeah, old, but- older, like codgers that have been doing it and he's just like the young stud out there nice it's like all right man El Toro a Ricky body. <laughs> yeah El Toro. so yeah. is the kraken kraken oh the kraken game's always fun but they're not very good oh. so they, they played vegas and uh they got whooped but the kraken game's fun that was like one of three games they they ran that weekend because they played on thursday yep and i think they whatever, played friday, friday and maybe saturday too damn yeah. triple header yeah, but that's a beautiful yeah. arena, and there's like bars and shit right outside there. You just we just jumped on the scooters and just scooter ganged everywhere. They still call it Key Arena. No, it's Pledge, Pledge, Pledge Arena. I want to say. So everything in there is like I want to say eighty percent like <coughs> sustainable, recyclable. Everything is like running off rainwater and that green. Yeah, all green inside. There's like a huge just whole like green area plants growing out the wall yeah it's pretty crazy it was cool that's awesome yeah did the sportsman show how was it yeah you guys remember this oh. the, yeah the great alaska now? sportsman show right yeah sullivan arena yeah did they move the homeless over uh, no it was in denina oh yeah so it was actually pretty good yeah i i was very reserved because it's post-covid times so i'm thinking like this is like a recovery show like it wouldn't be like it's full effect of what uh-huh. you remember back you know 10 years ago when you got there and there was like 50 campers and boats everywhere and you had all the uh outside displays then you had bokey overflow yeah. and then you had the, the sullivan ice or the fishing pond and yeah, the, yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. uh so it was all kind of uh i guess maybe consolidated uh-huh. if you will but um very impressed by the overall turnout on booths and and vendors nice um and and the people that showed up, like I got there like a half hour from when it opened and there was a line out the door. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. People are still into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think it's another thing that we as Alaskans took for granted. Yeah. And then we lost it. Uh-huh. And then 
it was like, oh, I, I kind of miss Like, my, my wife, Rena, was like, I want to go to the show. I was like, you do? It's like, yeah, it's like, it sounds like a good outing. We'll go have lunch afterwards. I'm like, awesome. Hell yeah. I mean, Maybe let's do it. Some stuff. Oh, you took the whole family? Whole family. Yeah, oh, my nice. brother met us, and they're outside. They just had a couple campers and some boats, and, you know, mm-hmm. Alaska Mining and Diving, I think, showed up with, like, what they could. Yeah. And the camper um, dealer out in the valley showed up with what they could. I just think right now, as we know, stock is limited on everything yeah and it's really really difficult i think for campers and trailers and boats i think everything's pre-sold yep so my guess was everything that was at the show was probably already purchased and then they were like hey can we you know drag this thing down here and at least show it but uh all in all really great turnout um i think it's going to be a building block to next year i bet you it'll be bigger I'll get you, you'll get more of the vendors that, you know, maybe we're going to ride this one out or maybe hold out this year, yeah. or maybe they just didn't have the extra funds to get a booth and all that. Um, but I was impressed. I networked and talked to a few folks, got some guests lined up for the show. Sweet. Um, you know, wear an AWP shirt, just like with the sweater with the little crest. Oh, you was out, yeah. out there stunting? Well, I, I was stunned, but I was also discreet <laughs> about it, so I didn't want to be too, yeah. hey, AWP's here. You yeah. know, I was just kind of cruising around. You're and, just selfing with But everyone. lots of folks were like, hey, man, we listen to you guys. We follow you guys. are doing an oh, awesome that's rad. thing. And, you know, bought bought a couple cool, you know, items. Um, What'd you get? I got that gun boot. Oh, yeah, that, that was scabbard. Sick. I was really excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I got it, a question what, about that. So yeah. go ahead, Jack. What, what brand is that? So it's sagebrush, 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 sagebrush something. Sagebrush. Yeah, I, I can look at a photo. It yeah. And they're out of Fairbanks? Out of Cake. Oh, out of Cake. Cake of okay. all places. Yeah, yeah. A vendor from Cake, Alaska. Yeah. Which is a very small town. Yeah. And imagine costs a fortune to get materials in. Yeah. And they handcraft build all their um products mm-hmm. right out of their their house sagebrush so, dry sagebrush dry yeah so yeah. they had backpacks uh three different sizes duffel bags three different sizes probably even more i mean when i went there i was just like this is so awesome this is so my jam and yeah. i was like i just all i wanted I was the everything. gun scabbard because uh a customer came up and they must have been like all into it and then they didn't buy anything and you kind of tell they were like what yeah. And I was watching, I was like, I'm going to go in there and buy something. <laughs> I'm going to support local yeah. and buy Can't something. Tell me no. <laughs> I'm going to buy something. And it, it was definitely um, proudly uh, priced. Yeah. However, um, you know, they're importing all their products in from Germany and, and different places, and, and they're building their stuff with the highest quality. And they're hand built right here in Alaska yeah. from a guy who goes out and deer hunts in a skiff every fall with wet in wet conditions yep. and he designed something for it and i'm yeah. like dude that's what we need. sign me up man does yeah. it float uh well it's airtight so i'm assuming it does okay yeah you just get the a little floaty keychain thing that also at the sportsman yeah. show and then that floats that floats yeah. oh there we go At least I'll just hold <laughs> well, it up right there Bobby. well i have one that's similar that's why i want to ask about that one. the one ah. that they sell at homer at nomar uh-huh they mm-hmm. sell the scabbard it's the, my camo one yeah uh-huh. yep. i take it on the raft um, that's waterproof, but what I liked about that one was the zipper versus mine is like a roll top oh, on yeah. the back, mm-hmm. yeah. but yep. it floats, and that mm-hmm. thing is like rugged, but that looked like it was rugged too. Yeah. It's more rugged than that because I have one that's like that PVC, or not PVC, but um, um, what's that, like rubber, like Helly Hansen rubber, like it's like that thick rubber material. 
Um, no, it's Nomar's own thing. I know which one you have. It's 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 a very much similar. Yeah, it's material. similar, but thicker. I've got like the Uncle Uncle Mike's one or something. That's also a local one. Mm. Um, my brother got it for me years ago, and that's my thing. I have one of those because oftentimes I'll go like say on a bear hunt. I actually will bring two rifles. I, I mean, sometimes that's overkill, but uh, or or a certain hunt I might You're bring. You're gonna like just double. No, no, no. I just might <laughs> if I'm gonna shoot a black bear. I don't want to shoot it with the big ass. My big bear rifle, I have a smaller rifle I like to shoot. I like to shoot black bears with two forty three. Oh. So I like to have both of them yeah, yeah. in the boat. And right. so I, I never I don't have a second one though. So yeah. the one's always kinda like exposed. Yeah, or you, if you're just bringing your kid with the twenty two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. to have that in there. Yeah. yeah. And it had a cool little insert so you can put your rifle in the little like neoprene like foam uh-huh. like medium thickness yeah where it's like not ultra protection for the rifle but quick access or you can pull that out and you can put like a nice soft scabbard that's like thicker maybe if you're traveling to kodiak or something Mm -hmm. you might get beat around in the plane or something you could slip it in there okay and i think you probably travel with a hard case if you're doing that anyway but it's pretty cool and there was just lots of cool products like that um elevated oats was in the house yeah they were doing their thing um Dustin was there. He did a, a couple of um I must have just missed seminars it. or classes. Oh, really? Yeah. Or or he did his after, like later in the afternoon or something. Because I was there in the morning. I was uh, there around was like there a fish pool? He, he doesn't do nah, anything. Not that I can tell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's, you know, and you know what, truth be told, as much as I love taking the family, which is fun, because we got the girls some things and, and they had a blast and but I was like in my element yeah and it was not a time to rush a man yeah and he's when he's you know networking with all these people and talking and just jack john about something you're excited about uh-huh. and then your wife's like tugging on your sleeve like okay honey Let's next go. next one i'm like but but i'm not done you know as i'm getting pulled away so i didn't get to yeah. kind of like kind of like experience. us at nordstrom's <laughs> yeah i always found that that couch, one's good though. honey let's go yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that looks good it's like Nordstrom's move thank god thank you yeah, yeah. so any other yeah. like custom alaska stuff that was um, worth noting yeah there was obviously like the all the raft um outfitters were there um let's see there was oh there was a couple of new like fishing guides and some guys making rods and reels oh that uh optics outfit was there um that you have the binos the orange ring yeah uh, maven. maven yeah maven maven was there yeah so i right. talked to the rep mm-hmm. um she had her sister helping and i got the full rundown i'd really like to switch over and maybe get um either some binos or a rifle scope mm-hmm. at some point yeah um, with them, they're they're going to be manufacturing directly out of uh, Wyoming. Yeah, I they're, believe they're in Sheridan. Yeah, they have like half their or distribution. No, Cody, in, they're in Cody, Wyoming. Yeah, so they have like some of their more. Uh, I don't didn't get the full rundown, but they're some of their stuffs getting built in the Philippines, and then some of their stuffs getting built here because they can't facilitate mm. building all of it mm-hmm. here with the demand. But I think like in eight months, ten months, or very soon. They're going to centrally locate all their manufacturing okay. and um, sales and everything. And they're direct to consumer, which I didn't know. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. They're not yeah. selling out to the big box and, yeah. you know. And they also have, like, the military or uh, fire department, police department discounts, too, which mm. is pretty rad. Yeah. Um, I th- When I, I bought mine three years ago, maybe four, three. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no, four years ago. Anyway, regardless, they were all made in America then. Yeah, so they're probably a little USA. smaller than yeah. yeah Japanese glass, all you know, manufactured parts here. Yeah, it's the stuff that's getting built over there is just to help 
you know, yeah. get it turned around. Yeah. But anyway, that was a really cool uh, interaction I had with the gal there mm-hmm. um, that, you know, when you have an issue with them or you're ordering or you're drilling just her, just yeah. one person, you're not going through a call center or anything like that. You call her and it goes to her. Can you say, yeah. I want the um, one made in Wyoming? Yeah, I want to make sure this came right, Cody, not right, the right out of Wyoming. It was cool, though, like right before the sheep hunt, that eyepiece broke on mine. Oh, and yeah, they right. sent it. They sent it like overnight, and I got a whole new eyepiece. Oh, yeah, that's free, right. That's you right. Know? And it, it, it just kind of popped came, off. Yeah. You turned it when you shouldn't have, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's supposed to just go kids. out. And yeah, no, no. Yeah. Mine turns out. Yeah. T- but your thing came out this way, the eye thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it turns. It turns oh, out? Yeah. I also oh, yeah, met a yeah. um, badass outfitter that was going to start operating a deer hunt out of Kodiak. Oh, have you guys heard of Big Dan's Charters? He's bringing a big, beautiful new boat to out to Kodiak called the Double Down. That boat is huge and beautiful. Oh, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's got the like the cryptic, cryptic gray and white. Yeah, where's he oh, at? Oh my of? gosh, uh, like Homer Seward. Oh, okay, and then he's doing a, a he was selling a package, um, a full six day. I'll pull them up. Package, um, $3,800. Um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, showers. They run you to the the beach, you know, do the thing, pick you up. They had a setup so they could hang the deer up. There it is right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Check out this boat, you guys. Well, the cool thing Just about this this nasty. whole build is, like, he had it built here, and he, like, went step-by-step the, step the whole process, dude. If you Here's, go back sc- in his page. Scroll back up real quick. I will, but I just want to show you guys, like, he, he went from, like, scratch Right. Like they show the whole thing being built to the end to the end process, which so was cool because you watch them do it like all winter. Was so, go up to keep going, um, right? Oh, is that a Baywell uh, catamaran? What is that? No, where do you want to look? It's a it's a bricks bricks boats. I think is oh, what it's okay. called. Um, oh, B R I X. Yeah, yeah, it's nasty. You you guys will see that in the harbor this winter. He's going to sail it. They're going to sail it up from California here in like I think six weeks. It's still being built. I'm, scroll down a little bit, Daniel. There's a picture of like one of his dudes, and he's standing on the bottom of it, and it kind of gives you some perspective on I how mean, huge it is. I mean, that thing is so double down. That, that's where he took all of four, his money. I mean, look at it compared to the semi. There you the go. There you go. Look at those engines. What's there, he got for four, four? Four four fifties. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, that thing's so. Beautiful yeah, dude. That is a beautiful boat. Um, great outfit. Uh, really nice folks. I mean, I talked to him for about fifteen minutes, um, and that package was really cool, man. I mean, thirty eight hundred bucks seems like a lot, but not really when you think about like what you pay for a fly in or, and they have it set up so they can pick you up in Homer or you can fly into Kodiak. But it sounded pretty neat. It sounded like maybe it was cheaper to actually just go down to Homer and jump on the boat, and then you basically do the run from Homer through the Barrens. All the way down to Kodak, which I imagine is pretty nautical. Um, Things massive run, but this but. dude like started off smaller. He like mm-hmm. built his way up to this, and he just went all in. Big yeah. Dan, man, shout but out, dog. One, yeah, it's a pretty cool story to watch him mm-hmm. like over the last like at least a year that it take took to build this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful boat, man. And you can go back to his Instagram to go see that kind of story, or yeah, yeah. If okay. you if you scroll down, like you'll see it like from the beginning. Uh-huh. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he's a fishing machine. Keen eye, does the river, does the salt, hunts. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just starting it right mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. I a picture mm-hmm. of the hole there. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty cool group of folks out there. Awesome. That's one of his other boats. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Big Dan. That's yeah, a that's a right, big right change. There. That's like a 28-foot boat. Yeah, he's yeah, stepped when, it up. When I saw the double down, I'm like, oh, I know what that means. That's all in, baby. <laughs> yeah. Four four fifties. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, those are his dudes that I talked to there in the photo up to the left. Don't matter how many yeah. motors you got, though. So is he a big guy? It's not the size no, of the motor. Really. Big Dan. Okay. It's not he the just catches big fish. <laughs> I think Big Dan just catches big fish. No, it's a big man. boat. Yeah. yeah. So there was some really cool. There was, you know, there was outfitters, um, you know, other guides, and uh, that I, I don't think a lot of people were buying packages. Unfortunately, I think folks were just dipping their toe back in the water at the sportsman show kind of thing. They weren't really committing to things mm-hmm. and. Um, is what the, the sense I got, but it was cool to see all these guys back out there and everybody, I don't know, it was like another step toward normalcy, right? Yeah. In Alaska, so. Yeah. No, Sean, what great. do you think about that? That's uh, a big boat. <laughs> <laughs> did you did boat. you frequent the sportsman show, Sean? No, I didn't. I, really? I didn't even know it was on this year. I haven't been for a long time. Yeah, it's more or less the, my question was if you had gone in the past and yeah, experienced. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah. Um, it's been probably over 10 years, though. Yeah, Jack. Got an Alpen glow there. Right. Jackie, let's the talk real a little deal. bit um, before we introduce Sean to get that going about um, – the cider action. Yeah. So we yeah, uh, got man. the Kodiak boys. Yeah. Where are you going, Casey? You hold on a second. <laughs> so, yeah, the Kodiak guys uh, came up uh, for for Monday. Yeah, we got Monday the was house a big here. day. It uh, We finally, with uh, with uh, <coughs> COVID and all the effects with shipping, it took us, uh, we are supposed to get our tanks for Kodiak double shovel, double shovel Kodiak in uh, in November. And, uh, man, we had to take oh, the shipping. Oh, far back delayed? Shipping into our own hands, oh, and uh, we finally got the tanks here. Uh, they showed up at the cidery on Monday, and it, it was kind of uh, a kind of a cool deal. So we had a forty-five foot container, and so this tank here at the edge, we're, we're looking at an open container, and we're about to pull one of the tanks out onto a flatbed. And this this tank's a seventy barrel tank. It's specifically designed to be able to be the biggest tank that can fit into this container, and be raised at double shovel so it it, it like we we left <laughs> we lifted it today and is that uh, what the, the video you sent us yeah 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 so that was yeah the time lapse. was that a couple hours or, uh, or an hour or so i mean it looked like it was like you, you guys are inching that thing yeah in there so you you guys saw the fourth video the one that it finally got up time and that, lapse. that was probably yeah. about 30 minutes that one that the time lapse i sent you mm-hmm. the other ones like we had stops or like anyway anyway um so yeah, so the hypotenuse is the of the tank as you tilt it up is the tallest point. So so and then these tanks have a dome top. So we kind of did some geometry and we figured <laughs> we could uh, we could lift this one and tilt it and have three inches to spare. And we had three inches to spare um, on the ceiling. And uh, anyway, so we got it up and down safely. It was the smoothest one we've had. We we've learned a lot of things about lifting these things. We we ended up having. Um, six different points of where it was secure mm-hmm. which is difficult because it's a round container yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so it, but luckily it has the um that rack there so that we use that rack so uh anyway so that went well but more importantly right out this was yesterday morning um this tank that matson who was awesome Ooh. came and dropped off dropped <laughs> off this uh container at 8 a.m and rigsy with rigs towing that's yeah, a rigs towing truck to right rigs. there they came to help us 
Um, and they just believe in what we're doing. So they, they're doing us a favor here. Um, so put, we pulled this tank out, um, and right behind it it are the six tanks that we're, we're sending to Kodiak. So, uh, we the same size. No, they're smaller. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, two 16 barrelers and four, five barrelers inside inside and that's there. a 40 foot trailer like you'd see on the back of a semi yeah yeah this is a well yeah yeah exactly mm. 40 no this is a 45 foot container to fit 45? everything we okay. had to get a special mm. container um and so yeah when we opened it up then we threw in everything we needed all the supplies that that we, d- we don't have in kodiak currently uh like our glycol chiller went into it um some juice some fresh fresh juice for for gideon in Casey to to start the first batch, we're we're all gonna meet down there next week and uh, make the first batch. Hopefully, if uh, if our license is in by then, if uh, if the oh, license that, isn't, that, that then close, we'll, huh? we'll wait uh, another week. Full or test so. run. Sounds like a lot of drinking, boys. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, make sure this stuff's right. A lot of research and development. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be a lot of R and D, huh? Yeah. <laughs> might, might need to come down and help you, boys. <laughs> but, we we opened we got in there and uh, pulled this one out and the other tanks are so nice and cute oh, like they're small, small oh, like, and they're like man I remember working on small tanks I want to work on small tanks <laughs> and then you like see these guys with big smiles you're like those lucky bastards but uh, yeah so Kodiak's gonna have some good cider soon um, awesome oh, yeah that's cool yeah so a lot of fun at the cider this so week. did they wench it out of the container is that what Riggsy did there you, yeah you yeah so we wenched it pulled out. it out of the, the sled deck yeah you see there's some wheels oh, okay on the on oh the, yeah on i the do frame there yep and so we were able to just and then we tilted it so we wenched it up oh um, he tilted the bed mm-hmm. it just it like wenched up the truck drove away. Now it's on the back of the of the uh, tow truck. Mm-hmm. He flips it around and then backed it into the building. He, yeah, he drove around the building to oh. unit B, unit C, and then backed up to it. And that's also an eight foot by eight foot garage door, so it <laughs> barely Very got tight. in there. Very tight. Uh, uh, yeah. So we uh, and, and so that that it's tight like a tiger. That like a that toy, yeah. bed tilts right. So he he offloaded it right into the cidery, and uh, man, it was super smooth. So half the crew did that, and other half of us dealt with the the oh. container and packed her up. Right oh, on. and we also got two um, six barrel tanks from um, Anchorage Brewing. So two of their old time tanks and their, mm-hmm. their beauties. So uh, right yeah, they have some character. Is that the benefit of it? What does that? it hold some sort of, uh, or is it more nostalgia or is it more so, flavor? So or more he like, had like some of his secret stuff in okay. it and we did not get that. Okay. So, but we did get some of the good stuff in our fooder that okay. we use, you know, but uh, no, that, this that one soaks was in there. Right. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. W- this one they clean the tanks before they give them to us. Um, but that that's what they were using the tanks for. Doesn't have whole, that treasure old bacteria and stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, <laughs> it's all it's about a, that bacteria, right? It's all it's good a flavor. We got some cool tanks. That's at, awesome. And the, 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 they're re- they're really cool tanks. They you know they have their own character, and um, so they'll, they'll look really really nice in their new home in Kodiak. Will they be visible in the uh, tap room? Mm-hmm. Yep. You'll be able to see them through like glass, or are actually just right there. You're gonna be part of the process. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. awesome. The tap the tap room, um, it, it's like a rectangular building, and on one side is the the kind of our equipment for yeah. production, and you'll be able to look into there. So you guys are gonna throw the tanks back on 
the barge to okay Kodiak? so so what happened yesterday is this tank came out a bunch of stuff got loaded in we closed the doors they picked it up they brought it to the port it got on a boat today all the to little Kodiak. tanks are behind that so oh, the space oh. that they had there they loaded it with other stuff and okay. two tanks from anchors brewing got okay it. so okay. glycol chiller filter from king all right, street all right, all right. you know stuff. Part. yep we, tr- we tried to get as much stuff locally as we could yeah. you know after having to buy stuff for brand new for the original cidery we're like why would we have to do this when these all these other people have stuff up here that is just as good if not better and it's tried mm. true and tested yeah we're like one of our tanks had a failure right away so mm. uh, on a, our original startup well and it's being recycled right I yeah mean, it's, it reused yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the best yeah well welcome to alaska wild project episode number 59 um thank you for that quick update Boys. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was good. A little bit. Not that quick, but that was good. Yeah. Uh, we have Sean Sexton with us today. Sean, Sean, thank you, you for awake coming. over there? Oh, yep, Sean, wake up, wake up. Sean. Sean, Sean's thinking about all that cider. <laughs> so that's a lot of cider that could fit in there. Yeah, that's a big tank. Sean, before you had to um, compromise on the juice, did you ever get a chance to have a cider? Yeah, I, I yeah. think I was at uh, Double Shovel for somebody's birthday party one time, maybe two or three years ago. Nice. It was in the spring. Yeah? Yeah. What'd you think? I, I liked it. You know, I uh, kind of prefer beer. But, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it was good. Right. It's like a transitional period when you kind of get into the cider. Mm, yeah. You know, you got some people like, you don't do ciders. Uh, you don't drink cider. You drink beer. It's like, come on, man. If you're like a real connoisseur of good flavor, if you if you like really good beer, you like cider. Yeah. Well, yeah that's my that's my opinion. It's like if you really like have a palate for beer, cider is just like another awesome party for your palate and something different. Party for your palate. Yeah. You know? And, I mean. We got something for everybody. Yeah. So. There you go. Yeah, yeah my, exactly. my recollection is favorable, but uh. yeah, yeah. Are you were you an IPA man? I was. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Had yeah. you for like really hoppy IPAs? I bet. I, uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Like arrogant bastard. Like even you is know, it that? I, no, I, no, I remember no, drinking that. that. Doesn't really stand out, but uh, yeah, it puts hair on your knuckles for sure. Yeah, some of those, uh, you know, the, the Northwestern IPAs. I like those, and there are some good ones up here. There's one out of one out of Juno. They had a really and a strong IPA, but I forget. Which one's that, Jack? Yeah, was it, was it Alaska Brewing or what? Yeah, yeah, no, Icy yeah. Bay. Yeah, no, it wasn't Icy Bay. Hopothermia. Yeah, yeah, oh, that yeah. is oh, one yeah. hoppy yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. You drink two of those, oh, you'd be on your lips though for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was good at that. Hopothermia, <laughs> a little yeah. exothermic yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, I filled my growlers up with the uh, three bears there in. Uh, Birchwood, mm-hmm. they they had some good IPAs in there. Is yeah, they not, do a good <sighs> job. Three bears yeah, on their do. growler bars. Yeah, they got a good growler bar. Yeah, is that not like one of the best things that ever happened to Chugiak Birchwood? That three bears. It, it was a good thing. I haven't really thought about raiding the, the things that have happened there, but you know, well, there hasn't been a whole lot to happen. I, I, yeah, no, that's the thing. I I frequent that area actually. My my dad's best friend uh, growing up. Uh, my my dad's best friend while I was growing up had a place out there just just uh, not too far from the airstrip or the, oh, okay. the airport out there and uh, I love that area yeah. uh, and there only was that little kind of shit whole yellow mart mart like something mart oh. that was there 
And that's like the only place you could go and get a half gallon of milk, a pack of smokes, uh, uh, you know, like something. Yeah, it's still there, but it's been closed for probably 25 years. Yeah, yeah. And then the Three Bears popped up. I'm like, oh, man, that's what I'm talking about. Now, like, the people can actually go somewhere and get something, not have to drive all the way to Eagle River, which is not, like, all the way. It's not that far. But, you know, those back roads in the middle of winter can get pretty dicey. Yeah. So to be able to just run five minutes – whether you live on that side of the highway or the mountainside like you do, what is it, 10 minutes away maybe? Tops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty convenient. Yeah, like you say, you don't have to go to Eagle River if you need something. Or Yeah, and I found it interesting that, like, the population of that area was that they could, like, s- afford supporting a, a Three Bears in, in Chugiak, Birchwood area. I mean, there's only so many people that live in the area so then they have to like do the math to know like if they're going to put a store up in a place like you have to have enough population to support like what it's got to do in revenue right to make it make sense so probably did a market study but i think there's more people out there than you than you think the eye yeah yeah pretty pretty wooded you know and yeah uh, still kind of a rural character and big lots and yeah you're talking north eagle river to Almost a Klutna, really, if yeah, you think about where... Thunderbird Falls, and then... Yeah, and yeah. you got the, the hay flats there. There's nobody out there. But no, not really. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought that was kind of cool. It just popped up, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's surprised been a, it was able to been a good that. thing. Mm-hmm. They, get, yeah. they get good produce in there, so... Sean, what's the um, the longest trek you've been on? Um, Getting right into it. You know, I... I, I uh, Mileage or, or yeah days, yeah, no, I, both. I, I finished the uh, the longest trail. I finished is probably the Continental Divide Trail, and that's like thirty five hundred miles for the the portion I did. There's a bunch of uh, alternate routes on that. If you do all the alternate routes, it's you know maybe five thousand miles. But uh, I did it over uh, two hiking seasons and finished it. So that's probably the longest trail I've completed. How how many days was that? Oh, I didn't I didn't really track that closely. It was two summers. Uh, I started in April in New Mexico at the Mexican border and hiked north that uh, that summer, skipping snow as I went north. Got to Colorado, it snowed in. I didn't want to. Yeah, hike, I didn't want to hike in snow, so I skipped up to Wyoming and did the the Red Desert with another guy, and then we. Got up to Yellowstone, there was snow there, so we skipped that, went over to Montana, and then went north. I got uh, got to the Canadian border, and then I turned around and started hiking south that uh, that August, uh-huh. doing the portions, some of the portions I skipped. And sure. Got, got snowed out of the Wind River Range, so I, I bailed and that year, and then the following year I went back and finished the portions I'd skipped in 2017, I think it was. All right. Oh, wow, recently. So I I kind of hopscotched around, so. um, Did you finish it with the same partners? uh, You know, I I started by myself, and I I finished by myself, and during the the hike, I hiked with several different people, you know, Mm -hmm. for, you know, a week or two weeks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, my son came, uh, joined me through the Bob Marshall Wilderness in Montana, and and my wife came for a few days and joined me in southwest Montana where her family ranches, so, and I, you know, I met other people along the way, and we hiked together for a bit, so. Yeah. 
when you do that kind of thing, how many miles do you like to do in a day? Oh, I like zero days. <laughs> <laughs> the, rest, I, the rest days? That doesn't finish the trail, yeah. though. Yeah, I was in, in Grants, New Mexico, and I, I did what they call slack packing there. I got you know I got a ride into town to, to get my mail on a Friday night because the post office was going to be closed the next day. And then stayed in town and went back south the next day and hiked in back into town to finish that part. And then I had some uh, probably too many IPAs and... Three, three nights in a row, so I kept going north of town. I'd, I'd get a ride out, and then I'd hike back to town. So but it, was a, it was eventually time to leave. And um, a little training session. So those those days are were good. My my longest day was thirty four miles, and uh, you know that was hard. I started six thirty in the morning, ended about eleven at night, and I was headed headed to town that night. Okay, so I was I was anxious to get there, to get some pizza. Uh, yeah, there was some of that. More Jim Beam and mm. IPAs. <laughs> uh, you know, a typical day, a comfortable day might be 15 miles. All right. You know, I, you know, I, I don't stop too often. I just keep, once I start moving, I, I, I go, you know. And yeah. I don't hike fast. I just take my time. Yeah. How heavy a pack? Um, You know, I... I I got it down. I, I finished the the PCT last, and and by that time, you know, I was I was probably under. Well, my my big three were less than five pounds. My tent, my sleeping bag, and what's the other pack? Huh? Yeah, the pack was sixteen ounces. The mm-hmm. Sleeping the quilt was nineteen ounces, and uh, and um, the tent was you know like twenty ounces. So it's pretty light. Yeah, and you know on the Hiking in the in the summertime, you know, you don't have to take a lot of clothing. So, yeah, you know, yeah. like a, a sleeping pair of clothes and, and a hiking pair of clothes. And food, usually about a pound and a half a day. And I tried to resupply every five days, okay. five or six days, four to six days. So, yeah. So, you know, when I when I got over 20 pounds, I was, you know, I was noticing it because the pack wasn't designed for a heavy load. So, mm-hmm. it, uh, but I remember when I started in 1976, though, I started with about a 70-pound pack. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Which was typical in those days. I mean, those days, everybody bragged about how much weight they could pack. But these days, everybody brags about how little they carry. You know, yeah, that's right. That's right. They're ultralightness. So. Well, and the materials were all heavy-duty. Yeah. Yeah, I think my pack, when I started, was like seven pounds empty. You know, yeah. Big, big metal frame. Mm-hmm. It was, it was Thick awful. stitches. Yeah, and yeah. I, I carried, you know, I had a book with me. I had Colin Fletcher's uh, The Complete Hiker I carried with me. That thing must have weighed two and a half pounds, you know. And you just keep chipping yeah. away at that thing? Oh, I, I, I over I, and over I again? got rid of, rid of it after the first week. You know, I probably got <laughs> probably got 25 pounds out of my pack, you know. Got in my boots for four pounds each, you know. <laughs> I think I started the... Uh, the trend of, of wearing trail runners. I had some Chucky T's with me, you know. So I ended oh, up nice. hiking in Converse and carrying my boots in my pack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it, uh, yeah, things have changed quite a bit. And it, uh, so, you know, I've, I've gotten gotten a lot lighter. I'm 20 pounds, you know, it, it's heavy. What got you it's into crazy. hiking back then? What? What got you into hiking? Uh, Reader's Digest. Yeah? Yeah. I think I was a sophomore in school, and I picked up a Reader's Digest, and there was this article on the Appalachian Trail. So I, mm. I cut it out, and I put it in my to-do file, you know. Uh-huh. 
And I graduated in 75 and worked for a year and got some money together and went off to hike the Appalachian Trail. And of course, my boss and my dad were both, you know, thought I was nuts. And yeah. You know how they yeah. are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that supportive. They'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked out. You know, I did about 900 miles that year, and, and I ended up on the responsibility superhighway for a career and a family. And then 2014, I started started hiking the AT again. I went to the went to Maine and hiked south. Uh huh. Got through Maine and New Hampshire that year, and then my my knees started bothering me. And then I had a had a, a brother-in-law killed, and so I, I bagged it about Columbus Day. And then 2015, I went back and connected the ends from New Hampshire down to Virginia, where I left off in '76. So I did uh, three long sections hike hikes to finish the, the Appalachian Trail. I was I got the label of Lasher, a long ass section hiker is what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trish, official trail trail jargon. The Lasher. Yeah. Long ass section hiker. Yeah. Luke what Luke called the hockey boys? Lacers? Yeah, lacers. lacers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke was saying you you said that you you noticed Luke was on the show and he does the Nordic skating. Yeah. And uh, he says whenever someone comes out with hockey skates, they call them lacers because they use laces versus whatever they use the for pro, those. The pro boa, right, with the yeah. with the, um, the little. That's what they use on those the cables skates. and the knobs. Yeah, pro boa oh. is what it's called. Yeah, Lacers. <laughs> so when you finished the Appalachian Trail, did you go back in that to-do folder and pull that out? You know, you know I, I think I, I still I have, have that somewhere in the garage. Yeah, I was wondering I, how thick is that? Is it does it fluctuate as you knock the, the your to do folder? Oh, it fluctuate. Um, it's all digital now. Oh, <laughs> wow, yeah. No, it it, it <laughs> keeps getting bigger, but uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a few things at the top of my bucket list. I'm trying to get out of the way. So, uh, and I uh, I thought I was going to get one done last week. We went off with some people to do the Akutna Traverse, which I wanted to do for like 35 years. And mm. Day two, the storm came in, and we ended up in the first hut for four days and then bagged it. Big storm. What, what does that traverse consist of? It starts, it go, follows the, well, it starts on the Akutna Glacier if you're going from north to south, and the way at mm. the end of Akutna Lake, you, you go up the glacier, and then you, the other terminus is Girdwood, so you... So you started at the Lakeside Trail Trailhead at the campground and hiked. Uh, we we got a we got a, a snow go ride back to the end of the road past Serenity Falls Hut there. Oh okay, so all the way around the lake, and then went up. So did you stay in the hut there then? No, it was oh. it was it was you know of all the weekends to be occupied, it was occupied. The National Park Service was doing some training in there ah. for, their, for their Denali Rangers, so we couldn't book mm. it. And we, that you know, that was a little bit of a hiccup in the plan, but you know, we based our trip on calendar and not weather, and so it was kind of when everybody was available to go. So we yep. we went, but we didn't uh, didn't finish. So I got a that's still on my bucket list. Yeah, yeah we've got it pulled up here, Sean. Is that the the loop there? That is um, that is uh, not the Akutna Traverse. The Akutna Traverse starts over here. It's off the map. That uh, whose red line was that? Oh, that was the internet's. Okay, yeah, that that looks more like <laughs> Google.com. That, that looks more like a, a, a 
a ridge walk. Yeah, ridge walk. Maybe, maybe I didn't look closely at it. Maybe a bold peak and some of these oh, salt maybe peaks. Yeah. Yeah. Pepper yep. peak. And oh, yeah, there you go. It, uh, Not that clear, but it's through this pass. Uh, this traverse through the pass. That that I think I think you've got the. Uh, That's Independence Mine. That's yeah. Up in you, you've got you've got the. Uh, mm. I forget what that one's called. Uh, that, well, there's there's an occluding a traverse day. Two. Oh, bomber traverse is what that. Yeah, you were on was. the bomber yeah. traverse. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe just to the right, Daniel. This one? Yeah. It shows the whole lake and it might give you Yeah, well that's go, that's that kinda this one. Start mm. start there and then you end up down yeah, there. There's that cabin Serenity there. Falls hut and then the glacier starts here and then about four miles in is the, oh. the first hut called okay. Pitzer's Perch. So And then you work your way toward Girdwood. Yeah. Oh yeah, take okay. the occluding the glacier and I think you end up coming out the Raven Glacier. So were you guys snowshoeing all the way? Uh we had a team of four on snowshoes and a team of four on skis. So there were eight of us and what were you on? Skis or snowshoes? I was on snowshoes. I'm not uh, not a not a competent downhill skier have, anymore. Have you uh, guys has anybody other than Sean ever snowshoed before? Oh yeah. It's really fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like I underestimated I've done I've snowshoed like three times. Right. And the first time I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> Second time I was like, I'm I'll try it again. And then I was like, I'm never doing it again. And then the third time I'm like, okay, I'll like do it once in a while. I'm not gonna every weekend get out on my snowshoes and I have them. But yeah. it's I, I just thought I don't know what I was thinking, actually. I yeah. I, I thought it was like <laughs> You're like at the sportsman hiking? show about five years ago. And yeah, like, I, gotta support. I need him. I'm gonna get the smallest, I mean, I just lightest. I cover pair. a lot of mileage, and you expend so much energy yeah. that you can't. The expectation was I was gonna do like hiking miles. Yeah, right. And I'm like, oh no, like it's really hard to go downhill and really hard to go uphill. And I'm thinking like it's all flat. Like when you're just doing mm-hmm. it flat, it's actually not that bad. But yeah, then you get into deeper snow and then crusty snow and then. I don't know. I just didn't yeah. think it all the way through. Yeah, well, you know, if you do it a lot, you end up, like everything else, you end up with multiple pairs of snowshoes for See, diff- yeah, different type of snow yeah. and different terrain. And Didn't get to that level. Yeah, you know, yeah. but when it's deep, if you got snowshoes that are not for deep snow, it's, it's mm-hmm. a lot harder. So. And you're still walking around up to your knees, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah you sink. And, and you're like, <laughs> why aren't these snowshoes on top? They're uh, snowshoes, right? Yeah. Then, yeah. I, then I had to tell myself, well, it's better than just boots. Because then I'd be pulsed hole into my hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's still a little bit of benefit. But yeah, and there's certain techniques you use, too. There's something I learned was, you know, you step, but not with all your weight at first. Then you pick your foot up, and then you step again. So you kind of compact it, and then you recompact mm. it. Requires a lot you, of patience. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. yeah, A lack in that department. So every step is four steps. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, that's what you had to accept. Yeah. Like, don't put a time frame on this. I'm going to get there at this time. It's like, no, nah, conditions will decide. Yeah, schedules, you, schedules can drive you nuts, you know. Yeah, schedules suck, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious on uh, when you do those long trips, um, like the Pacific Coast and the Appalachian one, what type of um, preparation are you doing like how far out are you thinking in advance and like geeking out on the maps and stuff um as as far as possible really but you know i start looking over the horizon several years in advance and start collecting information as i go along and 
it's gotten a lot easier. There's, you know, all these long trails now have apps that, you know, you can mm-hmm. help you do the planning a lot easier than collecting maps and books and reading yeah. guidebooks. Making phone all. calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it's gotten a lot easier. Um, you know, it kind of depends on where you're going. Um, you know, the major long trails, it's a little easier now than it used to be, but I, I got, uh, I started planning a Arctic Refuge trip probably, well, my first plan didn't didn't pan out. I had to skip the, the refuge and just do the, the middle and, and western brooks. Uh, and then I started planning to do the, the eastern brooks or the refuge. Um, I was going to do it last year, but it didn't. Last minute things kind of came apart, so I'm planning to do that this year. Which gave me more time to invest in the, the planning. Yeah. Um, Map it out. Is that the one you're going to put the raft in? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a uh, plan to um, paddle the Ivashack li- River. Oh, okay. It's, it's part yeah. of the, the last 80 miles. And, nice. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll walk to that probably 200-ish miles, maybe. Mm-hmm. If I get to the Ivashack, I'll paddle it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you never. Are you going to have some food drops in there? Yeah, I got four caches planned. Okay. And, and the plan is to drop the first two the day I get dropped off so I know where they are. And right. Then, and the other two will get dropped uh, another time, and, and they'll give myself a little wiggle room just in case I don't make it that far, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. So, but, you know, you drop them, you got to go back and get them. That's so. right. Oh, yeah, if you're ahead of it. Yeah, so if I don't get there, I still got to pay to get them picked up. So. Yeah. What does that look like, the actual drop, and what's in it? Um, that would be, you know, for, for me, for this trip, it's just going to be mostly food, food and fuel and maybe some uh, some extra power banks for, for electronic stuff. And okay. My, my oh, la- yeah. My last one will have all my, my uh, pack raft gear, you know, paddle and pack raft and helmet and life preserver and, yeah. and then a bag to put it all in and a bag to put it back in when I'm finished. And, you know, I end up, hope, you know, I'll be pretty close to the haul road when I take mm-hmm. out, but I'll still have to carry the stuff to the yeah. road. Yeah. Yeah. You can go Ivashak to Sag to the highway, to the yeah. road, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. But I, uh, I still haven't pinned down the getting from the haul road to the dead horse or, yeah, or yeah. cold foot yet. I'm yeah. still working on that <laughs> yeah. part. So, you know, the planning, to answer your question, the planning's continuous until you, yeah. you do it or, or, or until you finish. Um, I guess you could you could stick on the SAG all the way to the could, Alaska Airlines. You could go airport. all the way to Dead Horse. Yeah. Um, I, I was discouraged from doing that last year. I was going to be there more in mid August, oh. and you know, I was telling oh, there's airboats there, and you don't want to mess with yeah, that. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Deer or um, caribou hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I talked to a few pilots about picking me up. So now we don't want to be there when there's hunters there. So, mm. Mm. so I decided not to go that far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then the Ivashak section, that's a wild and scenic river. It is. Yeah. 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 And I think the for the first stretch is in the in the refuge and then, you know, outside. Yeah. Okay. I don't think a, a jet boat can't even enter the Ivashak, right? Or airboat? I don't think they can go that far upstream. Yeah. 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 yeah I think it's too uh, high up. 
that it, point, right? It's the wild but, and scenic. Oh, where they can't even, I they think. just can't yeah. even get in there. Yeah. 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 The, the headwaters are a little bit higher, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, once you get down, down lower, it's a class two rivers, I understand it. So it's. Mm. Oh. oh, that's going to be beautiful. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. So. Way cool. Just it's, looking at the pictures yeah. of, of it here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you found so me- so. just meanders through. Yeah. Are you going to have a fly rod dropped? Uh, I I hadn't planned to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to have incredible char fishing. Yeah. In that time of year, I might. Uh, Especially if a guy needed might, some emergency food. Yeah, I, mean, I might could, consider yeah. that since I don't have to carry it on my yeah. back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might do that. I hadn't thought about it. You yeah. know, la- I had a plan for last year, and I was going to be finishing in in mid August, and it was going to start. You know, getting a little cooler. And, yeah. But this year I'm starting, you know, scheduled to start June 21, so. All right. I won't have to worry about the cold so much. What do you got planned between now and then? Um, Sunday I drive to Fairbanks and Monday to Wiseman for a dog mushing and yoga retreat. Really? <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Okay. Getting that downward dog going or what? Yeah. I heard that joke earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the only uh, thing I know yeah. with yoga, the move or the, the yeah. technique or whatever you call those mm-hmm. yeah. exercises. The downward dog just always kind of stuck with me. Yeah, no warrior. But I'm not going for the not going for the yoga. I told him if you want me to do yoga, I'm going to wear a thong. So <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll put an end to that. Yeah. yeah. Or you get some visitors. Yeah, a, a very yeah. In, interesting <laughs> visual you just created there. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna give me nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I don't get much sleep on these nights anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for the mushing. I'm going with uh, a, a guy that or a gal that has a, a business out of um, Fairbanks who, who you know takes people on mushing tours. Lizbeth Norris. She, I just finished her third. I did around, so she's got a little eco tourism going. And I sweet. Did that with her on the Denali Highway. I think it was last year. We started at uh, Cantwell and went oh, to and did the whole thing. So sit in the river and turned around. Oh, nice! Awesome. So it was a. Did that just run the highway then? Yeah, we were right on the highway. Okay. It's closed in the winter, so we just right. mushed, mushed along the road. So, do you get your own oh. sled, or are you guys? Run? Oh yeah, I okay. Drove, drove my own team. Oh, that's <laughs> oh no way! Hey. So yeah. she was like a guide. Yeah, she like guided yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was. She was uh, on her own sled, and uh, turns out she was in the rear starting out, but one of her dogs uh, got in heat, so all the oh, other no. all the other teams are going back. So. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, she moved her team up front. And uh, chase her around. The other, the other three teams, <laughs> yeah. you know, Your went the right direction cooking. after oh, that. Right on the heels. Yeah. Never, that never crossed my mind. It's funny. Yeah. So With I got the dog team. Like, that, yeah. that was a factor. Got that going for... Uh, for a week, and then I get home for a couple of weeks, and I'm off to uh, Scotland on May the second, doing a uh, east uh, west coast hike through the Scottish Highlands for 15 days. Wow! Yeah, that'll, that'll be my second second one of those. Okay, so you've been there before. Yeah, yeah okay. 20, 2019, I did that. Yeah, I did a different route from uh, from the west coast to the east coast. And, Good fun. You know, you go through a lot of villages, see some really pretty mountains there. And the highlands look a lot like, you know, Alaska around here. You know, there's not so much vegetation, well, low ground vegetation. You know, they got the heath and the heather where we got this other low low growth, you know, yeah. up on our hills. So 
it's pretty. The fun are the the people are fun, and you know it's interesting seeing, seeing village life. You know, yeah. And it, uh, I enjoyed it, so I thought I'd do it. I'd like to do it annually, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. So, is that a mix of camping in tents and staying in the village, or? Yeah, I, I got uh, my wife's going this year, and then a friend of mine, and they're yeah, we're all. We all we got three good hips between us, between the three of us, and we all got knee problems and you know heart problems. We're we're old, yeah. So it's it's kind of an urban route. We, I think the first three days we're tenting, and then we get to uh, Fort Augustus, which is at the the southern end of Loch Ness, and we'll stay in a hostel there and get our resupplies. And after that, you know, we, I think we got uh, every two or three nights we're staying in some kind of town with lodging and. Okay. Food and stuff. Get a so. shower and all that. Yeah, yeah. We'll shower, wash our clothes, have you know dinner and breakfast, and, and uh, the others will probably have some beverages. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, it, it's you know it's not quite glamping, but it's uh, it's it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Sounds fantastic. How far is that trip? That's about two hundred miles. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He just says that yeah. like yeah. Yeah, it's just two yeah, miles. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah, fifteen <laughs> miles a day, you know. So yeah. it's uh, most they will average about fifteen, fourteen maybe. So And that's what those lighter like twenty pounders? Yeah. And that's I, everybody gonna be packing light like that? Uh you know, I will be, but <laughs> yeah. I, I find with, with people that, that don't have the experience doing without Right, yeah, they they want to take everything. You know? yeah. yeah, they're like fifty. Yeah, yeah, you know the, the expression. I know, I know the expression. That. Fear brings gear. You know, it applies yeah. to most yeah. novices. Oh, you know, that's true, man. So you know, one one guy's might told me yesterday, this. "Well, might my my that. my sleeping pad crinkles, so I'm going to bring another one to put on top of it to stop the noise." Huh? <laughs> you know, you can't you can't argue with it. You know, yeah. so I think yeah. you know you're going to be so tired, you're not going to worry about noise, but. You know, and they want to bring extra shoes and you know everything, but a little camp chair. Yeah, yeah, chairs. <laughs> yeah, you, know. you figure out a way to justify like why you need this thing. Uh huh. Yeah, I might need this yeah. extra yeah. stuff. Yeah. What if this happens to you? You can use what I brought. So yeah. You pack that, man. Thanks. Yeah. Just in case I need that, you should probably put that in your pack, not mine. Uh, you know, you get to the point though. If, if you've done it enough, you get to the point where everything you take has two or three different uses. You know, and then and you might you might you might not be prepared for the worst weather, but you can always stop, put up your tent, get in the sleeping bag, and wait it out, and then then move on. So yeah. you you find a way to to cut grams, and they add up. So. So every time I've been to Scotland, the weather was awful. How do you pick weather in Scotland? Um, well, I think you you don't necessarily pick good weather. You just prepare for for what's expected. Yeah. And May is May is as I understand it one of the drier months. Okay. <laughs> and when I was there in 2019, for I did this you know similar hike. Mm-hmm. It rained one day. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was, but it, you know that was a rarity. Uh huh. Oh, and it was a light rain, so, but you know, even in spite of that, it's still wet. You know, the ground's wet in a lot of places. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it. Uh, yeah, you just take what you get. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was it similar in the sense that you did some like camping and then you'd go through villages. Um. On your yeah. Pants? I I I think I put up my tent one night. 
Oh, okay. And I and I could have stayed in a bothy that night if I wanted to, but uh huh. There was, was kind of a lot of people congregating, and and it was there were hosts there that were serving scotch and other drinks. So yeah, and a lot of people were setting up tents. I got there early, so well, I set up my tent. But but there there's these things called bothies in Scotland. I don't know if what, uh-uh. what they are, but part of Scottish history is is that the the lords at one point chased off all the the peasants leaving farmsteads behind you know and and a lot of those those old buildings have been turned into uh, places for hill walkers to to get out of the weather okay mm. and and there's this thing called the bothy association where volunteers kind of maintain these bothies okay so, so i stayed in a few of those and uh and I, in towns i'd stay in hostels or Right, maybe a hotel every once in a while. So seems like a state rec oh, cabin. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, it, it's somewhat like that. Something yeah. like that. Yep, that's a bothy. Yeah, but you know, built it, by old, hand. You know, old, old farmers. You know, farmers and sheep herders used to live in places like that. And they yeah. they got run off their land, you know, and uh-huh. immigrated to some place. So, and well, so they call hikers in this area hill walkers. Hill walkers. I and, love and, it. Hmm. And you know the the, or, fits, the origin <laughs> of the the word hiking comes from hill walking. H I from hill and, and K I N G H I K from hiking or from walking hill, hill walking. You combine yeah, yeah. combine you cut hill walking in part and shorten it up oh, for hiking. So yeah, that's where the word hiking came from. Was from oh man, hill that's cool. I know that. Yeah, well, I, I read that in a book. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> well, if you, you saw it on the internet. It's true. true. Yeah, it must be true. I mean, if you see it and you're like, you don't know what hiking is, and then you hear hill walking, it's like, well, that kind of put yeah. the two and two together and walking yeah. around in the mountains. That makes sense. Hiking, you're like, I've never heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> walking uh, hills, I do that all day. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a quick second and give a shout out to some of the sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. Barney specializes in supplying hunters with the absolute best Alaskan proven gear on the market for some of nature's most rugged and demanding terrain. Whether you're headed to the remote volcanic islands of the Alaska Peninsula in search of a brown bear or the shale infested glacial valleys of the Brooks Range for dull sheep, it is critical you choose the right gear for your dream hunt. Don't miss Barney's exclusive brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska, tested from the high mountains of Tajikistan to the extreme conditions of Alaska. These products were designed for high performance and durability. Frontier Gear was derived from decades of experience hunting big game in Alaska. Paired with other top brands, it provides you the absolute best gear selection anywhere in the world. Stop in at Barney Sports Chalet in Anchorage on Northern Lights or check out their custom website and reference tool at barneysports.com. Arbor Digital, based in Anchorage, Alaska, is your go-to wealth management company. Arbor Digital is at the forefront of digital assets and cryptocurrencies. If you've been looking to invest your hard-earned money or just want to learn more about crypto, blockchain technology, or digital investments, give their website acminc.com a visit. What's great about Arbor is they provide a low-cost, transparent, research-based investment strategy for digital assets and traditional investments as well. ACMINC.com is your first step in putting your money to work. Let one of Arbor's investment professionals walk you through your options for financial growth and security. Start investing for the future today at ACMInc.com. Arbor Digital, your Alaskan digital asset company. 
Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. At Total Truck, you can find brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, iCamper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Linings Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Alaska Overlander provides 4x4 vehicles and expedition trailers custom modified for Alaskan adventures and outfitted with rooftop tents, fridges, and all the camping and cooking gear you need to start exploring. Visit them at alaskaoverlander.com. You know, I was just thinking about <laughs> listening to that um, that last read for Alaska Overlander. Yeah. New sponsor. Uh, shout out to Overlander. Their season's about to... Really take off. They're taking bookings. I think most of their stuff's already booked up. But I was thinking about Sean, like, if a guy was going to transition or integrate his hiking and, oh. and, and to to bring some ease to it, the overlanding option would be, uh, uh, you know, something you might look into. You know what that is? No. Where you got the, the vehicles equipped, uh, custom equipped and modified for camping. Where you got like the tents on top of the back of your truck or the top of your your vehicle, um, a lot of them are really really cool. They got stoves and um, uh, you know cooking equipment. Um, obviously, the shelter with the tent. Take take a look there, Sean. You can kind of see what Overlander has to offer. Um, there, yeah, I can see those in my future when I I can't walk anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I consider that as uh Well, we're all going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm afraid to get one, though. I'd be too tempted to use it and yeah. quit quit walking sooner than I prefer. Well, I, I reckon you could uh, you know take that thing and set it up and then hike from there. Yeah. And then have it to come back to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as long as I didn't have to park it in the campground, you know. Well, oh. that's it. That's And that's their style yeah. and, the, and the premise behind their... Um, that's funny. I know exactly uh, where that picture is. Is that Kenai Lake at yeah. the beach there? On the backside, yeah. Yeah. What, what's that beach called? Secret Spot. Oh. <laughs> I've never been there. Yeah. I've never been there. Secret. Yeah. Well, is it really secret? Because the last time we were there, there was like 1,500 tents well, in a line there. Well, across the lake, there's 4,000. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you buy a vehicle and take it to these folks, and they retrofit it, huh? No, they they rent you the the vehicle oh, already. Oh, okay. Already ready to go. Oh, that, that'd be better than owning. I think. Yeah, yeah. You just rent it for yeah, the, for the week agree. or whatever. And yeah. You take yeah. that fishing somewhere, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's perfect. They, they can uh, retrofit vehicles through their uh, counterpart total truck, so you can take a, you know, a Forerunner or a, uh, you know, Land Cruiser or Tacoma or something. You can have you know that stuff put on there, but. They already have them all set up, ready to rent, and huh. but why are they always Toyotas? Cool. Uh, you know, it's a good question. I don't know. Reliability, uh, baby. There you go. Yeah, are they, they, I think they're in Anchorage. Yep. They are. Yeah, actually, Total Truck operates out of this building. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just downstairs where you came in the main door, oh. that uh, uh, showroom right there. See that door was all done. Um, before yeah. we jump into Jack's trivia, I have one question, Sean. I wanted to ask. Um, you, you you said how how you've been st you started so long ago doing these long trips and how the technology's changed. Did you find more joy planning the trips in the past 
when there was less information and less apps and digital and you had to do all the maps? Or do you find it more pleasurable now? I, I think I like it better now. You know, there's, mm. there's more information available, these, these mapping apps. You know, there's something called, well, it used to be called gut hooks. Somebody bought them, but, I mean, they got, you know, the whole thing's mapped. I mean, you can be out night hiking and it tells you when you're off trail, you know, yeah. right on your phone. But, you know, it helps you identify resupply points and mileage and, and profiles. And, and then they've got uh, the crowdsourcing information where... You know, you just get to a water hole or something and it's dry or wet or whatever. You yeah. make a little note on your phone and that note gets uploaded when you get to town. And so everybody else knows almost real-time conditions, you know. And, yeah. You know, where to, where your all-you-can-eat restaurants are in town and, you know, where, where to stay and who will give you a ride. And yeah. So it, uh, it it's easier now and you, you spend less time. Planning and more time doing, I think. Oh, there you go. Mm. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, less guesswork. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, you still got to make sure you're not just dependent on electronics. So Yeah. That was my other question was on, on those long trails like the Pacific Coast and the Appalachian and the Continental Divide ones, Do you what percentage do you think the phone works um, on those trails? Hmm. It probably, you know, I, I would think on the, the AT, um, I would think back there you might have service, you know, maybe 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, you know, you get in the Rockies, uh, you know. Um, I don't remember it being a problem there. I usually didn't use it until I got to town anyway. Yeah, okay. Mm. But, so all the major checkpoints probably it works. Yeah. And you know, and on and on the PCT too, it was it was you know, it was spotty there a little bit. I remember going around Mount Hood where I didn't have service and I was trying to send a message, but um download the movie for the night. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't I didn't do that. Or an audio book. No. You know, I had a few of those but I didn't listen to them. I I oh, just really? I just kinda like the silence when I'm hiking, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I don't like bringing a lot of this yeah. other stuff with me, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't use it a lot. You know, I usually keep my inReach turned off, except, you know, if I got to send messages twice a day to the War Department, so, you know, everybody knows I'm fine. But, um, you know, I don't use the, the gizmos too much. It just, uh, you know, if you use them a lot, you got to... Have ex extra battery weight. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's true. true. A lot of people uh -huh. hiking with, with earphones on or, you know, they're talking to somebody all the time. Or, yeah. Um, I don't Live think. podcast down the trail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Coming to you live. Yeah. Remember when I did the, the, the Brooks Range trip uh, 2019, I went with a younger guy and he's giving me grief for having paper maps. Well, those are too heavy, you know. He's got 10 pounds of... of batteries and, and <laughs> electronic gizmos and camera stuff uh -huh. you know yeah and then and then of course he drops his iphone in the, in the john river you know on oh. the first day so, <laughs> so you know uh, different pri different priorities i think you know yeah yeah but what what apps are you using on the for trails um planning Usually for for the long trails, I've been using something called it used to be called gut hooks. Somebody else bought them. I can't think of the name, but um, for planning my um, my uh, Scotland hike, I, I use something called OS Maps, which is 
kind of the British version of USGS. Okay. In, in my view, they, they might argue differently. And then they've got a phone app as well as a, a desktop where you can do your planning and yeah. put it on your phone. For my Brooks Range thing, I've, I've been using Gaia, and, and I just recently learned how to use CalTopo to to print Gaia maps. CalTopo is reportedly a better better app for printing. Okay. So I just learned to do that, and I, and I use that also at the replan the, the Scotland routes. So, okay. So it, uh, the OS maps, are, they're hard to print. And just yesterday I called over to London because I was having trouble getting the OS map to print. And I talked to the guy for about a half an hour, and we tried to work through it. Yeah. Know. And um, finally he said, well, let's go back to the classic. And I said, well, where, where is that? You know, they, they made it better, right? Yeah. And it won't print. So we went back to the classic and the darn thing printed. Yeah, yeah. So I remember when we first talked, what, eight, eight weeks ago? Might have been. Eight, and you were talking to them then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's when they changed it, and I couldn't even get into my to my account. That's right. And okay. you got to call them up, and then they're, they're on. They took the whole Christmas break, a whole week off, and everybody's off. You know, and yeah. your customers can't get a hold of anybody. So don't Sounds get me, like a good job. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, I'll give you a little break. We're going to do some trivia. All right. You got some music, Daniel? <laughs> we need to re-record our thing. I tried to look one up on oh, Spotify where we're sitting here, but there's just like <laughs> somebody made trivia playlists and stuff. So I was like, all right, no, that's not the same thing. Yeah, we'll get better. All right. Show 100. So <laughs> since Sean's the expert, I'm going to let these guys answer first, and then you answer third, if that's all right with you. Well, you Can got, I make a stipulation? You, Sorry, you got, go ahead. You got the correct answer, sir? Oh, I do. Oh, okay. I, I want to add a stipulation. Uh, Brandon has to answer within 10 seconds. Well, he always answers in like one second. So No, well, last time he tried to wait and, and fill it out. Uh, I want, I want okay. you, All right. 10 seconds. You, you uh, picked up on that? Yeah. He when changed I, his way. He still didn't get it right, but it's no, okay. I, I, mean, I was like, I'm actually, yeah, just not the full vomit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what is the longest hiking trail in Alaska? What's it called or how long? What did it what is it and how long it is it? Ooh. The bird gird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I complied with the request. Yeah, and I know it's did. not the right answer. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Bird to gird. <laughs> yeah. Maybe bird to gird and back a couple times. Yeah. A no, lot I of know, times. A lot right, of times. Man, I just <laughs> uh I'm gonna say that did a rod trail. Okay. That's not a hiking trail. Why not? Okay. That's so what you're going you with? bombed it just as bad as I did. <laughs> Um, man, I wish that was a hiking trail. It should be. People ski it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I guess it's a winter. I, hiking I don't trail, know. Maybe. Yeah. I guess well, I yeah. don't know I mean, that. It crosses many. water and shit. You can't yeah. do that. You know? it, it, but it's not official hiking trail. Yeah. Hmm. It says trail. I did a rod trail. You want to try again or are you done? Um, let me think. Man, that's yep. That's the best I got. That's the longest trail I know. All right, in Alaska, yeah, it is a pretty good answer. What do you think? Um, longest I've done is, is combining the Resurrection River and the Resurrection Pass Trail. Mm. I don't know how, and then that combined, yeah. like that's not a single trail though. And and there's that one the the, the Gold Rush folks used to 
across down south. That was the one I was going to Oh, Skagway? Skagway, out of Skagway. I, I don't know how long that is. I don't think that's all that long. Yeah, that's the Chilkoot Trail? Chilkoot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's that Old long. Charlie's Trail, huh? So I, you know, the, the honest answer is I don't know, but I'd say the resurrection. Yeah, it's resurrection. It is. So, and you could ah. combine it, but those are separate trails. Yeah. And, and then yeah. it would be longer. It's 39 miles. Yeah. From That's a, the longest yeah. Alaskan trail. Yep. Hiking trail. Yeah. Yep. And, and you can ski it too. Actually, I snowshoed that. Oh, oh yeah. Thing. And you go stay at the cabins? I did. Nice. Yeah. So Sounds like a lot of work. Camp some night and some nights and other nights in the cabins. So. How many yeah. days did it take? I don't know, maybe four or five. It was it was kind of a, a winter, winter, uh, winter uh, course sort of thing. Mm. Did different mountaineering. Oh, that's stuff. cool. Yeah, yeah. Did you start a start a start in Cooper Landing or uh, the, the the Hope? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to have been a bomber traverse, but there was a lot of earthquakes that year. So ah, went down that. Way. Yeah. Have uh, you done bomber traverse? I have. Yeah, summertime. Yeah. When do you recommend doing that one? Oh, depends on what you want to do, you know. If you just want to do it and see the thing, summer's yeah. better. But, you know, if you're out to, to learn winter mountaineering, do it in the winter. Yeah. But, and your level of experience. Right. Um, but you were really close, Daniel. Um, the southern trek of the Iditarod National Historic Trail would be the longest, but it's not full it would be 120 miles but there's only sections because water sure there's, I don't, there's got to be something well yeah. i think it also, it's also some cool. of the old old trails in like public or um private property and land and stuff right oh like, like i mean well because I'm, I'm, I'm just i know there's sections of like uh the trail out there just north of wasilla I can't think of it at the at the moment, but it's like an old section of the like original Iditarod, like mail trail mm-hmm. area, and it's and it and it like cuts you off because it runs through private property. Oh, and, okay. Anyway, yeah. a bird to gird. Bird to gird. Hey, man. Crow uh, yeah. Pass Trail. That's only like twenty five miles. Yeah. Oh, that was one. Yeah. 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 All right. So, uh, what is the world's longest designated? Hiking trail. The world's longest dedicated hiking trail. Continental mm. Divide 2.0. <laughs> Thanks for a little giggle there, Sean. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, complied with my 10 second rule. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, man, guys. That's man, all you I got, got me stumped, man. man. I don't. You brought man, the big gun. I don't know here, what Jack. the name I mean, of it is. On. The one that goes through like Italy, Spain. Oh, come on, smart guy! You got I don't it. know the name of it. I know a teacher that did it, but I forgot what the name of it's called. Do you know what one he's talking about? Oh, I, I don't know if that's the International Appalachian Trail or not. Uh, that's oh, not the name I remember. Name? Oh yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking to. Oh, yeah, it's God. like I can't think of the name of it. There's a, there's a you're like called that. The, G T seven or yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right, something like that. Yeah, I don't know if that's the longest. There's a Trans Canada Trail that I don't know the name of it. That's Uh pretty long, and then you know there's a coast to coast in the U S. too. Okay, I I can't think of the name of that right now. The American Trail or something like that. I gotta. Oh hell, 
I got it. Oh, I got it. It's got Coast all the trails. No, 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 no. I, I, I got my answer. American Discovery Trail. Oh, right. oh wow. Look at that. All right. Oregon you carry, you Trail. All right, so my data shows that it is a trail that you've done and that it's the Pacific Crest Trail, and it's huh. 2,650 2, uh, yeah, miles. Really? When, and, yeah. And, and you were looking at what? Google. Google. Yeah. Uh, this is comes from the Guinness Book of World Records. It must be old because, you know, the CDT is longer. Not longer. You think? Yeah. The coast-to-coast one? Oh, yeah, the, the Continental Divide Trail is definitely longer than uh-huh. the Pacific Crest Trail. Damn. Dang it. So all it's right. pretty close. Is it really? Well, and the coast to coast, I mean, that goes all the way from, you know, somewhere in California to the East Coast somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Then the Trans-Canada Trail, that's a long one, too. So. Yeah. So I don't know. So Guinness no one needs right. to update their stuff. Yeah, come on, Google, step it up. Yeah, it was pretty close. Well, what about the Singapore Coast to Coast Trail? That's 36. No, that's not that long. Yeah, there's so many trails. Now. I think there's 12 national scenic trails in the U.S. these days. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you done any other international hikes? I did. I did. Uh, I, I was in Christchurch, New Zealand, uh, maybe 2018, and I was going to experiment mm-hmm. with the Te Aurora Trail, but it was, you know, it was September, and it was... Pretty chilly. Getting, getting wintry. So I, yeah. I did I did something called the Abel Tasman Track. With, uh-huh. Yeah, four or five days. Um, Beautiful country, though, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, they've got their, their long trails called the Te Aurora. It goes from the tip of the North Island to the tip of the South Island. And you take a boat in between islands, and that's, that's on my list. How long is that one? Maybe twelve hundred miles. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't quote me. Yeah. But next March, I'm hoping to do the Bibbulmun Track in Western Australia. So it's that's a hundred k. Hot. So you got to do it in the yeah. cool season. Have you heard of the um, Tony Knowles Trail? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that's the one I frequent the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Waiting home from the Paya. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on that a few times. I call that a day trip. That's nice, that's nice, that's nice for day hiking. So the trail you're talking about, I think this is the one you said the, the coast to coast is the American yeah. Discovery Trail. Right. It's, yeah. on his hanker, it's on his handkerchief. Oh, it was on the handkerchief. Yeah. Oh, let me see that. I missed it. You got a free. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was another map that showed the, the, two, the two different sides. Oh, yeah. Look at that. A different route. Man, Sean, that Sean Kansas. how long have you had that? So this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe a couple of years. I got it. Oh, okay. I, I went to the American. No, actually, I, I got this at, the, at a rock in Golden, Colorado. A um, couple. Well, the, the, the March that, that COVID started. Is that two or three years now? So. Something like that. But, you know, I, I just, I've only watched it two or three times. It's not my favorite. Just okay. happens to be what was handy today. Perfect. That Kansas section looks miserable. <laughs> Down here. Right there. Like mid Colorado through Kansas, that's just flat section. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. you just got to skip that one. Or you bring a mountain bike or something. E bike? Yeah. Yeah. You meet Jay there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's people that have done that. So, yeah. so you're going to do this one? The coast uh, to coast? You know, it, do, it doesn't appeal to me. I think there's a lot of urban parts and a lot of, okay. asphalt, mm-hmm. a lot of asphalt, so it does Yeah, that makes mm. sense. 
And the Pilbara, I'm trying to work in the Pacific Northwest Trail, which starts over at Glacier and goes all the way to uh, the uh, the peninsula there on Olympic Wa- Peninsula. On Wa- yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the PCT in, in Washington was just gorgeous. Uh, yeah, North, Northern oh. Cascades. This one looks cool. Beautiful trees. Oh, the so more, like the, the Pacific Crest, did that go through the Sequoia National Park? Yeah, it did. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, yeah, there's a lot of amazing parts along that. And yeah. California, that, uh, it's pretty varied to California. Yeah. I, I, you know, I liked it all. That was my first desert experience hiking was Southern California. It was, it was a wet year, so there was a lot of, a lot of greenery and a lot of flowers that spring, so. Mm. I liked it more than I thought I would. Yeah, I pack a lot of water. I I did, and there were you know it's it's pretty dry, so there's there's a, the trail association puts water caches out at, at okay. certain spots. Yeah, there was one section of uh, about forty miles that was dry, and you know some of the younger folks were doing it at night, you know, and so I skipped it and went back uh, later and. And by the time I went back, there was a water cache right in the middle. You know? Okay. So, Last year. It was later in the, later in the fall, so <laughs> yeah. so I got it. Uh, it wasn't so hot. Yeah. Know? Started seeing the mirages. Yeah. But it, uh, yeah, it worked out, you know. There's the expression, the trail provides. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I bet it does. Yeah. Yeah, this is a northern section of that. Is that what this is, Daniel? Uh, this one, this one is the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, National Trail. That, uh, that's got a lot of appeal to me. I like, I like. Yeah, that that's part nice. Of the, part of the world, a little mm-hmm. more scenic and um, m- maybe a little less uh, urban. Less urban. Uh, you know, I understand there's parts of it that are not quite finished. There's some road walking, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, big mountains, good scenery. Um, yeah. Supposedly grizzly bears there, and you know that's pretty pretty wild. That, I had a question I forgot, and then you just reminded me. Um, in your twenty pounds of gear, do you carry some sort of form of protection? Uh, you know, if if I'm in bear country, I well depends where I am. Here, I usually carry a flare and and bear spray. A flare? Yeah, you get the one of the the safety stores here in town used to. Uh, when they they replace you know the coast guard makes you replace the the flares and the rafts every so often mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. rather than throw them away the the guy would give them away to people who want flares and so got a few of those that I, I take and you know supposedly they're a good uh, good bear deterrent because fire is a natural enemy of bears and they see this burst of flame coming at them it scares them so never had to use it. You know, you know. Speaking of that, um, yeah, the air horn. That's what I've been using the air horn that's lately that they sell. But I was that. just in one of those stores and I was checking out all that stuff. And I mean, they have like, you know, the 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 normal uh, flare that you throw down and pull you the, can't really pull hold. The cap and sh- then you have the one you can hold, and mm-hmm. then they have the ones that go in your shotgun, which I thought was really really cool for like on the keen eye or something. And there's a bear coming up, and you just kind of want to, you know, he doesn't respond to the mm-hmm. horn. Yeah. You can just hit the, hit that little hit that one and just you know what I mean. I thought yeah. that was really some of those cool. come with like little um, what do we used to call them like fireworks. They like blow they they like spark out Fire, yeah. firecracker. They, they hit and then they blow up again and again and again. 
Okay. You know, so, so it's you like kinda, multiple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like a, um, what did we call those again? Man, come on, Brandon. I know what those are. We Sparklers? No, we used yeah. to shoot Roman with candles. <laughs> Roman candles. Yeah, no, it's it, yeah, it's not a Roman candle. Oh, though, it's but not. It's, oh. No, it, it just, it's the one thing, and it goes off again and again and again. Mm. Like after you shoot it. Oh, gotcha. Like, yeah. Okay. The, the one will like crackle. Yeah. And oh, okay. crackle again and crackle again. Yeah. You know, that's a. have never heard that as a trail bear deterrent. Yeah. A, a flare. It's not not that common. I think it's you know it's an Alaskan thing. Yeah. Um, lower forty eight. You know, I'd carry the, the bear spray when I thought I needed it. Mm-hmm. Or she tried not to because it's extra weight. But sure. Had a couple of bear encounters in Montana where I got it out. So. Mattman yeah. Freddy's one um, charge in Kodiak and all those years in traversing the <coughs> island. Uh, that's what he used was a flare. Was well, flares. Yep. I mean, to me, that makes sense. A bear wouldn't want nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. That is so foreign, and it's it's a burst, and it's sudden, it's bright, it's it's loud, it's like, and if you had a really close encounter, I, I mean, I guess you'd be better off with that versus, you know, your spray. I mean, if it's got that close, right? I'm yeah. talking like not, from me not to you. Blow back in your face. You yeah, know, so. yeah. It, uh, and if you don't want to carry the pistol, and then hiking about. Especially internationally, it's not like you can just carry a firearm. No, I mean even you know lower forty eight, you got you know, to register it here and, yeah, and report yeah. it there, and yeah. it's just not even worth it, is it? No, not really. I mean, even the bear spray, I mean, you can't fly with that, so you got to find something to do with it when you're finished, you know. And yeah, I guess you're right. But, uh, oh, it's a bit of a nuisance, but sometimes it just seems wise to have it, you know. Yeah. How about that? big cats? You ever worry mm. about those? I, I never did. Although, you know, I know other people that have had encounters in Washington with, with, with panthers or whatever. Yeah. Mount, Cougars, mountain lions. Mountain lions yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess even down around L.A., you know, they get them. So mm-hmm. I, I, I saw tracks. but Yeah. And now the black panther is down in, like, the Georgia section mm. of uh, the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, you know, there's so many things to worry about. You yeah. can drive yourself nuts worried about all that. Yeah. yeah. I had encounters with rattlesnakes. That was enough for me, so. Mm-hmm. What about those black panthers uh, out in Glen Allen? Ever? Mm. Glen Allen? Are they yeah. black? Or are they cougar? The, those are like cougar colors, right? I don't know. Galen said they were black panthers. So. <laughs> 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 uh, Sorry, I had, to, I had uh, to throw it in, guys. Uh, I had to throw it in. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is just a panther. Third, yeah. exact, but uh, bring a it possum. Is, it is black well, I wonder color. what what do they say like for protection for cats? Is it cat spray? <laughs> I, I would think bear spray would work. Yeah, uh, I wonder what. I mean, what are they advising people to bring? Oh, well, I don't really. I don't. I don't know. I feel like that flare would a probably be pretty effective too. Yeah, yeah flare would work on anyone. Anything. Yeah, probably, probably on anything. Yeah. The best even, thing. even humans. <laughs> Like, Best thing to bring in any circumstance is a brain, you know. Yeah. Oh, that that helps. You want to make sure you use it too, because it's heavy to carry around. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- all I ever heard about the cats when we were down in Washington was look big, you know. So, yeah. oh, make yeah, yourself look big. Yeah, yeah, because it was kind of like if you're going to get attacked, you're not going to know it's coming. It's not like a bear encounter. Yeah, you know. I suppose they stalk people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. When your number's up, it's up. You know. That's true. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. That's true. I I found a what I thought was a a big cat track in my backyard just yesterday. Mm. I was packing all my winter shit, which I'm th- pretty sure I jinxed all of us yesterday. Oh, you're the guy. I'm the guy. I was like sleds, ice fishing gear, <laughs> snow brooms. You guys all have snow broom. You guys know what snow broom is. I don't have the one, little. I yeah, I don't know why you don't. You need to have one. I've been showing you that a, for. You have years. a broom broom. Yeah. Anyway, I put it all away, and I was washing. I was washing one of my four wheelers in the driveway in a t-shirt. So I'm like, it's time. Like, put all this shit away, and then wake up this morning to three inches of snow. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, where was I going with that, guys? You see Lynx tracks? That's it. Um, no, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they were tracks about yay big. Oh yeah. And they started like four feet away from the fence, which tells me it mm-hmm. went through my neighbor's yard, leaped over, and then scaled the next fence over, which was like another five feet away. So it jumped from the hard ice. Whoo, Right over the fence. Yeah. I'm like, dude, there ain't no dog or nothing that like made those tracks and leaped over. And I'm in like a, I'm not in like the woodsy woodsy area of Lower Hillside. I mean, it's a neighborhood yeah. area. Yeah. And I, I thought that was kind of strange. I'm like, damn. I mean, I figure you see links up high, mm-hmm. but not that far low. So yeah. I see them in Kincaid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're probably all over, but yeah. it, was, it was pretty neat. I'm like, I, I got fences yeah. and, you know, all my neighbors, everybody's fenced in. So, I, I, you know, I don't get moose and stuff in the yard, not in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I don't get a lot of wildlife in my backyard, period, because it's just everybody's fenced off. But yeah. that was interesting. It's super yeah. rad. Yeah. I mean, time of just, year, they might be more apt to be in urban areas looking for food, you know. Yeah. Maybe like long, this long in the tooth in wintertime and, yeah. and they're getting hungry and kind of uh, maybe. Um, a little bit taking risk, mm. you know, to get yeah. down a little bit lower and in, in some of those areas. But I mean, I just kind of was like, man, that's just some cool Alaskan shit. Like yeah. you just Hell don't, yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. If I, yeah, if I had my dog still, that wouldn't have happened. But that was kind of a neat little, little cool thing I had happened yesterday. So I, w- I want to ask some geeky questions. Oh, um, here we go. What, what shoes are you bringing on those long hunts? Oh, I mean, not hunts, but hikes. I, they were, I've been for. What are those? Ultra, ultra lone peaks. Loam? Lone, L-O-N-E, peak. U- ultra lone peak? Yeah. Is that a European brand? No. Um, they're U.S. I don't know where they're made. Well, they're no, a zero drop shoe. They're, they're, these are really good shoes. That the people that. Made in China. <laughs> well, you know. So, so they're U.S. brand. They're yeah. probably <laughs> the most. They're probably the most popular running shoe for people that want zero drop and it want need like a wide what does zero toe drop box. Mean? Mm-hmm. It means that the the shoe has the same thickness on the heel as the front of the foot, yeah. so it's flat. Gotcha. Mm. I like yeah. the wide toe box because you know when you're on your feet all day, your feet swell and mm-hmm. the, I tend to get calluses on the outside of my feet if the shoes get too tight. So they they work for me, so I stick with them. Those are the go tos. Yeah, for me and, and a lot of other people. Um see a lot of people, especially people with, with foot problems, switching over to hokas right now. Yeah. Because they got a real thick sole that's mm-hmm. becoming mm-hmm. yeah, some podiatrists are saying they're good. But yeah. I haven't made the switch yet, so and I don't know if I will. I mean I like these and have have you had any plantar issues? Uh, I've had plantar fasciitis in both feet or yeah. you know, you got custom orthotics. And, yeah. 
Damn, look oh, look at the bottom of those. Spikes in those damn oh, things. Those yeah. are cool. That uh, actually has a like a, a mimics like your foot. Yeah. Like the like the, the like the meat of your bottom of your foot and then your toe. Yeah, it's a distinctive pattern. But, yeah. But it, uh, yeah, those are nice. They're legit. Yeah, I certified. I wear size 15s in the winter and put screws in the bottom and What does that say on the bottom? socks. Rubbermaid? <laughs> Dura tread. Dura tread. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that like Vibram's uh, arch enemy? I don't know. Right here it says trail claws. I did first yeah. time I noticed that. I usually don't look at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so those are nice. Okay. So what about um, sleeping bag? Uh, I, I switched to uh, quilts. Okay. Um, Synthetic or ago. down? I, I get down. They're lighter and they work, and I keep them dry. Mm-hmm. Put them in the dry bag? I've been getting catabatic gear bags. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I put them in a plastic bag in my pack and keep them dry. Um, but, you know, the theory there is why carry weight for the, the underside of the bag when you're going to sleep on it, compress it. It doesn't give you any insulation. So why carry that weight? Put the weight on top of you and mm-hmm. around you. And, it's, you know, you get more bang for the buck that way. Uh-huh. Do you s- Plus, I, I, I have a hard time finding a bag that, that fits around my torso. I, yeah, I you're a I big like, boy. I don't like tight stuff. You know? like that yeah. mummy, like, sucked in. Feel. I can't stand yeah, that either. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I just, I get claustrophobic with those bags. And even when I do, I have a, a Western Mountaineering bag I bought in 2016, which I really like. But, and I use it as a, a quilt, too. I don't zip myself in. I That's just what I do. Oh, it just open it all the way up. Yeah. Did you get the Alpenlite? Might be. It's red. It's red. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, that, I got. that big lofty son of a bitch. That's a beautiful bag. Yeah. Man, yeah. dude, when this dude's in there, he's just like Michelin man, just like mm-hmm. that thing is like fully this loft, like <laughs> from the table to here, and it packs down to like nothing. Yeah, it's like, amazing. What bag is it? It's the uh, Western Mountaineer Alpen Light. Oh, and it yeah. packs down to this thing. You know. Yeah, they're they're. they're it's they're tiny good and quality. Light. But yeah, you get so hot, you kind of use it as that quilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that for your like earlier or later season runs? You'll use that bag for that. Um, I haven't used it for a long time. Oh, but, uh, and then I got a mountain hardware bag, thirty-two bag. But what I, what I try to do in the winter is is uh, rather than well, I, I bought a I bought a used forty below bag, but I want to talk about that. My my preference <laughs> is is to use a, a bag with a, a light bag. With a quilt over it. Oh, okay. Com- oh. Combine two light bags yeah, rather, yeah. Than, rather than buying a, another heavy, mm-hmm. expensive bag. Um, and then you have an option if it's too hot, you know, you just take the other one off. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, if it's really cold, then you can zip up the other yeah. thing, you know, and then have the, yeah. the insulation over the top of you. For my cold weather bag, I went with this big Agnes bag that doesn't have any insulation on the back, and it has a spot you slide the pad oh, into. Yeah, yeah, and that's mm. pretty legit. So you, it's really light for how. Yeah, you know, you know. yeah. I, I, I've seen people use yeah. those and like them. Yeah. So I move too much. Them? I move around too much for those. The thing will end up like. I tried it, it once. It like forces me to be in that spot. The way that they designed it, it has like a little slide in there. Mm. that you slip it in between and it, it i don't move like that off of yeah that. i ended up with a pad on top you know what i found to do for the, for chasing the sleeping bag all night you put three three long stripes down the, the bottom of it of uh, tent sealant and 
know, some kind. Ah, of, so it gives a little stick, little yeah, yeah, little that friction way. there. Yeah, it won't move laterally. Oh, okay. Mm. But, uh, now on those quilts, I, I did some research on some quilts um, before I got that Western Mountaineering bag. Um, you just put it on top. Does it have the clips to like clip it to your pad? Yeah, well, or like a rubber something that goes underneath it or something. Yeah, there's there's a string you'll put around the, the pad, and then there's there's clips on the side of the quilt that you clip onto the mm-hmm. string, and you know you can clip them on lightly so that they slide, or if you want it to stay fastened tight around you, and like you know, yeah, stop all the drafts, and there's another notch that you clip it real. Got it. Real hard, and it won't slide. Won't slide around. So. And, and pads have come a long way too. Yeah, a long, long way from the fold foldable mm-hmm. waffle style. What's what's the pad you like yeah. to use? Um, you know, I've got summertime. I, I've gone to the um, what's the manufacturer's name? They make the Uberlite. It's six ounces, mm. but it's fairly. Is it Sea to Summit? No. Oh, Thermo Thermarest. Thermarest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the the short version, just from my oh, just the tarso. Yeah. 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 Oh. You know, six ounces, and you know, I don't I don't need it under my legs in the summertime. If I think I need something there, I can throw extra clothes or my pack. You know, I just flap mm-hmm. my pack out. I wondered it. about that. Like, if there's still a way to get comfortable with a half pad. Yeah. I feel like you're when you lay on your side. I'm a side sleeper. Yeah. As long as I got something for my hip. Yeah. To dig into them, good. But but my knees, I, I could see them like being like on the ground on the hard. Would, would yeah. get there'd be some discomfort and it'd be hard to really rest. Yeah, I get this. You know, if my knees are banging together, that's discomfort yeah. for me. So I got okay. to put something. Even at home, I sleep with a pillow there. You know? mm. but, You'll just stuff extra clothes or a jacket or yeah. just something like that. Yeah, but you know, mm. if you're tired enough, that doesn't matter. True, matter. true. But, you know, I, matter, I, yeah. I'm a side sleeper too, and and I got a metal right hip, so. You know, those thin Ensolite pads, they don't do it for me. i got to have an inflatable pad. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. so I, uh, you know, I, I used the, the Uberlite. And I got a, you know, before I got, before the Uberlite came out, I had a torso pad that was eight ounces, a yellow mm. one. I forget what they call that. So I got a couple of those. And in wintertime, I got, I got the Thermarest, you know, the, the, their highest R-rated yeah. pad. And then. And I got another one made by I can't think of their name. I think they're British, but it's uh, it's inflatable, but it also has uh, down inside it. Oh, so is it Rab? Not, not Rab. Um, yeah, I can't think of. Yeah, it. that's cool. I, don't, I haven't really heard yeah. too much about yeah, that. That's like probably a great the next, idea. Next level, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what you need for that Arctic oven when it when the fire goes out. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. got like a rating, an R rating of eight or so. Oh, that's oh, high. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's really high. Yeah, but you know, with all that stuff inside it, you don't want to be blowing your air in there. You definitely want to bring some kind of pump so you pump ambient air in. There. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I notice when they inflate those things every night for three or four months, you know, you start getting bacteria inside. Oh, the thing. I bet, yeah. It smells like halitosis coming out of the, <laughs> the, the nozzle on yeah. your sleeping yeah. pad, you know. And then you can see black stuff growing inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I wake up. I just turn it on. It's yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. That gets me out of bed in the morning. If I don't want to get up and it's time to go, I just open the valve. And it's it's sh- like, I can't yeah. stand this there one more minute. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What about the sleeping bag? I mean that tent. Uh, I, my my current tent is a, a Z-Pax duplex. Z-Pax duplex. Yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, and it's uh, a duplex is 
is just in it. It's ideal for one person. Okay. You get a lot of room inside if you want. You can squeeze two people in if you, if you have to. They call it a duplex because it's for two people. But it's it's side entry and it's got vestibules on both sides. You can enter from both sides. It's got a vestibule on both sides and some pretty roomy. Yeah. Um. I, I when I did a, the Brooks Range thing a couple of years ago, we had a triplex. Me and another guy, and that was plenty room. Mm. Triplex, a lot of room for two people. You get your packs in, everything in out of the weather. Yep. It's got a bathtub floor and mosquito netting and you know i used to use just a, a ground cloth and a um tarp for a few years on the, the pct uh-huh you know if you had a few nights where i you know hiked till dark and it was wet and i couldn't find a good campsite so all night i'm up trying to stop the water from flowing over my ground cloth yeah so oh yeah went back to a bathtub floor I got you know hyperlight mountain gear. Got a couple of their tents too. Mm-hmm. I might take one of those to Scotland with me. I haven't decided. Mm. It's gonna get wet out there, probably. A little bit roomy. It uh, you know I've got you know it's it's a, an umbrella tent, so you can kind of set it up. And if you want, if you have to, you can you get inner inner tents with netting and, and a bathtub floor. And I got I got one for two people and one for one person. So. Gotta look at how much other stuff I have in my pack, and then decide which tent to take. Yeah, for me solo, the the Z packs is my my current favorite. Have you looked into the teepees at uh, all? No, you mean a real teepee or no? There's, I mean, we when we go on our sheep hunts, we we've used uh, a black diamond mountaineering kind of teepee. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Very very light, you know, like one pound. Mm-hmm. Is it called a teepee or is it? Is it it's called a teepee. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've seen those. I, you know, I've got the, the hyperlight thing is a mid. They call it a pyramid tent. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and it's it's kind of, I think. Similar I think thing. Black Diamond makes something similar to that. Yeah. But it's no floor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This is, it's like for two people, it's perfect. Yeah. And the they, should, they should snow real well, too. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you've got them anchored. But for one person, you're in a crowded campground. You can always dig your cat hole within the tent in the morning. And yeah. Have your morning constitutional and then tear your tent down. Oh, yeah. Oh. There you go. Mm. There you go. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Oh, yeah. So uh, smart. I love I that idea. Always, <laughs> I think you've always had that conversation, but we always veto it. Yeah. And like, yeah, no, man. We need to get back in there. <laughs> you got to bury it six inches deep. <laughs> Is that the rule? Yeah, six inches, pack out your toilet paper. But you can burn that, so. Very true. You're in the tent. Oh, let's take a quick break, and we'll give a little shot to the <laughs> other sponsors. We'll get back to this. <laughs> the Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day, because honestly, there's always something good on deck. And guys, listen. This is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords, while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com, and remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. 
Tailored Restoration, 24-hour emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you at any time, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Since 2008, Serrano's is Anchorage's own new generation of Old Cocina. Their menu showcases the passion and love of their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through the generations. Serrano's goal is to embrace and display trad flavors using the best ingredients that are available. They focus on making everything from scratch daily. In-house menu includes handcrafted corn tortillas, salsas, carne asada, and chorizo. But don't take their word for it. Experience their tradition and sabor for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights, both with new tequila bars. Check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. The Connoisseur Lounge, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. The Connoisseur Lounge is Palmer's first locally owned and operated cannabis retailer. Their beautiful store is located at 226 Evergreen Avenue. The Connoisseur Lounge has exclusive cannabis products such as Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Super Glue, and one of our favorites, Sugar Cookies. And if you're not into the flower, the connoisseur can hook you up with edibles, vape supplies, and a ton of CBD options for all your health and inflammation needs. Check out their daily deals at theconnoisseurlounge.net, or even better, stop by the lounge today. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Yeah. Sean, what's that, uh, what's that watch you got on? Oh, that's a, uh. Walmart Casio. Let's pull that a little closer there. Uh, Walmart Casio. Yeah, Walmart Casio. Ten bucks or so. I forget. Goes on forever. Yeah, it's yeah, it does. It's light and uh, it doesn't. And I had one of those big uh, Garmin watches. Oh yeah, but it kept hanging up on my pack strap. It's actually not a Garmin. It's just stupid and big. Yeah, but hung up on my pack strap, and then I broke the pack, the the watch band, and you know they wanted to. I wanted an arm and a leg for new watch bands. So well, you got to recharge the stupid thing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's get, why I don't rock one of those. Yeah. I, I don't get, like, I'm like, okay, I got to charge my phone, the GoPro. Now we're yeah. dragging around the fucking camera. The in-reach. The in-reach. Yeah, the camera. Which that usually lasts, but I'm like, I bring, you know, stuff to charge it because I feel like that's probably the most important thing ever yeah. is the in-reach. And the last thing I want to do is charge my stupid-ass watch. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I... I did that for a while, but I just well, you got all the cords and all that stuff, you know. Did you really find it that useful? To have Not a really. GPS I, I, ne- watch? I never really taught myself how to use. It. I, I bought it because it had a heart rate monitor on it. Oh, and then mm-hmm. my okay. other heart rate monitor, I knocked it off, put my arm through my pack sleeve, and I didn't know it was gone. So I saw that on sale. And said, oh yeah, heart rate monitor. I get it, but didn't work that well. So I still got it. You know, but I, I don't use it. This is fine. You know, it keeps time. Yeah. There it goes. That's all I really, what else do you want in the watch, really? <laughs> yeah. No. It tells me the time. Well, that's, that's all you really it closed in the dark, and it tells me the time. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to get your phone out all the time. To, you yeah, know, see that's right. That's is, right. So, yeah. so, it you know, works for me. Yeah, it's waterproof. You know, you swim with it. And yeah. yeah I hunted last year two hunts without a watch, and I was... Yeah. all messed up oh really yeah i always wear a watch oh. and um 
just for I don't want to keep reaching for my phone to find out what time it is. Yeah, you know, and and uh, or when you're kind of doing a little solo hike or you're doing something where you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, I need to know how long it takes to get here. It'll give me an idea how long it's going to take to get back. Yeah, when it's going to get dark. Yeah, how fast yeah. you're moving. Can then, you stop for a yeah. break? Or? I kept stopping and like, oh, check my phone. Check yeah. my phone. I'm like, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. You better have a good cargo pocket or a side yeah. pocket or something. Yeah, plus those phone batteries that wear out pretty quick, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, and there's just more opportunity to lose it, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. or get it wet or something. Yep. You know? yep. Forget it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, not the move. Yeah, yeah it's convenient. You, you mentioned earlier you did the uh, the Luke Mel course. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um. You know, I, I did it because I, I wanted to uh, become more f- familiar with, with the mapping and planning apps. Uh, you know, there were there were other parts of the, the course that uh, were interesting. I've still got some of the modules to, to finish. You know, I think it was two or three months long. Um, hey, I think it's a worthwhile course. There's a lot of good information, uh, not just from Luke and his modules, but from other, other participants. I mean, there were people from... Uh, and all over the country and, and, and different countries taking it. So yeah, get to you know, get to communicate with them and yeah, get their input on you know questions get thrown out and people jump in and answer. It sounded like when he was talking about it that some of those uh, websites and mapping systems are pretty technical and there's a lot of maybe jargon you got to know to to yeah. navigate them. Yeah, you know. Especially people my age, you know, we, we don't, uh, we weren't born with, with, you know, it's not intuitive to us. Mm, gotcha. You know? it, uh, not real techie like. Yeah, our kids are probably well, just. Yeah. Yeah. I and, and you know, I like I, when I learn those things. I you know, I like to use them, but you know, it's the first thing you know, you learn them and then they change. They get yeah. made better, and then you can't use them anymore. So. <laughs> go, go, go back classic. Yeah. So it, you know, from my perspective, and, you know, there, there were a number of. Uh, seniors in that class but uh, you know yeah you know he had a module on weather and, and uh, I, I missed the last one i think it was on leave no trace or something like that mm. yeah it's just kind of a broad brush of a lot of things but yeah. the, the, the more intensive modules were on the uh, the navigation and, and, and using the apps for for mapping and planning and that's that was really what what my interest was yeah, but, uh, and and you know people ever able to put their routes on on the, on the site, and, and other participants could comment on them, and, and Luke would you know provide input, to his feedback on routes, and make suggestions. So I, I found it worthwhile, and you know it was mm-hmm. it was in the winter time. Gave uh, you know other other winters I might have had a lot more time to spend on it, but I was I was busy this really busy this winter. So yeah, getting after it. Yeah. Yeah, ice climbing. Did I see something about that? that yeah, this, this was my winter to to, to un- understand why ice climbing was interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went back. I did a, an ice fest in Vermont, and I did one in New Hampshire. I went back to New England for for that, and then I did the Valdez Ice Fest again, and then I did a another climb out in uh, the uh, Kootenai Valley there. And, Ice fest? What? What is that? Oh, it's it's uh, kind of a uh, an event where people interested in ice climbing gather and 
climb ice and drink beer at night. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's <laughs> usually, you know, there's usually a brewery in, in the sponsorship. Okay, or, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, nearby. Um, but then uh, and, and there's there's um, clinics you can take too. You know, you get get good ice climbers teach you how to ice climb. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know that I have much of a, a future in it. I. I was reminded I had an old <laughs> shoulder injury ah. and, and swinging that thing and then hanging on yep. it, aggravated. I just Monday I got a rotator cuff. Uh, yeah, festered back up on you. Yeah, I got an injection. Now I'm in therapy again. <laughs> so, so all I, those I injections. I don't know if I don't I don't know what my future in ice climbing is, but no. you know it, it's interesting. You it's gave it a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think <laughs> one of the things. Uh, my first experience with it was really negative, so I didn't. Uh, mm. And, you know, actually I went to the, the uh, ice festival in, at the Matanuska Glacier back in September, too. So, gosh, I went to four ice festivals All right. this year. So. Took you four times to figure it out it wasn't for you, huh? You tried. Well, yeah. I, I haven't given up on it. I'm just uh, <laughs> still trying to figure out, still trying to figure out what, what, why. Why it interests me. Why do I keep going back to these? Well, just watch the alpinist and you'll know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It's, it's, you know, it's different. It's something else to do in the wintertime. Another outdoor activity. It's challenging. Yeah. Um, But like all climbing, you know, the the people that excel at it are not my size. You know, anybody doing vertical stuff is petite. Yeah. Pretty compact, yeah. Yeah, so. What's the turnout on that? I mean, you get a pretty good turnout on folks showing up for um, a, a, a nice fest generally yeah I, I didn't pay attention to the official numbers the one in in vermont was not too far from mount snow um there might have been a hundred in the one in new hampshire mm-hmm. you know it was really well, probably a thousand, yeah there. i mean yeah. that makes more sense there's a lot more population over there yeah yeah there were people from all over the east coast there oh. There was one in Michigan that looked interesting. I, 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 you know, it was my schedule didn't work out. There's been one in Cody, Wyoming, for years, but I don't think that occurred this year. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, a couple of years ago, I went down to Ouray, Colorado. That's where that's kind of the, the mecca for ice climbing. Okay, and then maybe that's why I went to some of these ice fests uh, this year is because when I was down there, I was pretty intimidated by it. Okay, I had a guide take me out, you know. And, Halfway through the day, I said, you know, send me back to the baby hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he kind of looked at me in disgust and, you know, called in an associate guide. And so I went over and climbed the baby hill that afternoon. Yeah. So, you know, I did something I just wanted to test myself and yeah. see if it was. A- yeah, the Valdez looks like it must be in the, um, right there in the river valley. Thompson yeah, Pass. Thompson Pass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's like the uh, horse tail. Uh, or what are those waterfalls? That might, right yeah, they got a bunch of names there. Yeah. They, they can't remember them all. But yeah, it, that uh, one's like, that one's not necessarily up in the pass. That's kind of down. Yeah, coming out of it. Out almost. of the pass on the other side, the Valdez side. Yeah, they're. they're Bridalville? There you go. Bridalville oh, There we go. Yeah. Yeah, it's on you. both sides of the road. Right. I took a mixed a mixed clinic there. They take you in a tunnel. You know, they got rock and ice in the tunnel. You know, you gotta, trying to climb on both. But they, yeah. Mm. I watched. <laughs> <laughs> was this Valdez one pretty popular? 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it is, and and you know, they bring people in from all over the country that that uh, you know that uh, attract no, people. Know. You know, the big right. big name climbers. You know, they they come up and. Mm. And uh, yeah, get some good instruction there. Yeah, so yeah. a beginner could go there and yeah. take some instruction. Yeah, they, they've got beginning clinics. Cool. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the best Western there. They give you special rates for the yeah. weekend. And it, uh, I, I might go there again. You know, this, this year it wasn't, uh, the weather wasn't so bad. Boy, last year they were just wind howling. Oh, oh it's just frigid. That seems gnarly. That doesn't yeah. sound fun at all. Did no, kind of. It was a little more challenging. Did you want to gain some aptitude for some other, like, combination kind of trips where you're using the ice climbing? Um, I'm not sure it's true, but I, something, I can't convince myself that, that knowing how to climb ice would help me get out of a crevasse should I fall into uh. one. <laughs> mm. And I, then you know, getting familiar with the the, the tools and the, the crampons and all. Yeah. You know, so I, it, uh, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. versus going out with the equipment, and not knowing how the hell to use it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want to fall in a crevasse the first time you've ever put crampons on. Yeah, you know. trying to figure out how to even put them on. Yeah. Or you do, and then you learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be the last time. Yeah. Sink or swim. <laughs> oh, you know, there's, you know, there might be other glacier travel i end up wanting to do so i'm sure there will be yeah yeah just uh you better get it while you can yeah yeah now that that, that kind of led me to ask on all these trails and all these miles you've done you must have come across a lot of injuries um personal injuries yeah um rescue missions seems like you know almost Every hike, I do something that, that results in an injury. I mean, on the AT in 2015, I, there's some kids trying to get around me, and I said, bullshit, I'm, I'm going to keep up. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, not, they're not passing me. <laughs> and then I tripped, and I, and I cut my fingers, and oh, I had to stop shit. and bandage myself and all that. And That, that wasn't so bad. Um, 2016, I started the PCT in, in, in Southern California at the Mexican border, and I got into that, you know, maybe the third or fourth week, and I did a big day going into Cajon Pass. You know, it was like 26 miles going in. It was hotter than hell. And uh, the last mile was, was going from the trail, which was a McDonald's right there at the end of the trail, and then the hotel was a mile away. So <laughs> between getting off the trail and, and, and the hotel, I drank two and a half 24-ounce cans of beer. <laughs> oh, and then wow. I finished that you when I got to the hotel. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was doing fine, but you know, I didn't hydrate that day. Ah. The next day it was hotter than hell, so I didn't leave till about three in the afternoon and hiked till eleven that night. And I didn't hydrate well then either. So the day after, and I'm I'm dehydrated, I didn't stretch, and I'm just take a little there's a tree across the trail, so I took a little climb up a hill and I ripped a tendon in my leg and, mm. and uh, which wasn't too bad well it was bad but, <laughs> but you know i was taking blood thinners at the time so that night when i camped uh my, my leg bled internally mm. oh. next morning i woke up to the size of a water oh, oh shit man. 
So I get off and get hauled into a, a clinic, and the doc looks at us and says, go to the hospital. So <laughs> I ended up in Valencia, California, I think, in the hospital there, and they, you know, they, they couldn't figure out why. I had a blood clot in my leg, so they couldn't figure out why because I was taking blood thinners, and so they brought in Dr. Black, the, the hematologist from UCLA, to figure it out. He never did, but they sent me home for 90 days, and I had to, you know, get the blood clot dissolved with some kind of medication. So yeah. That was probably my worst uh, worst injury. Yeah, Sounds I mean, if like you it. didn't have medical attention, that could have killed you. Yeah, yeah, I get a pulmonary embolism right. or something in the, yeah. in the brain. So, yeah, it, it, it worked out pretty good. That, uh, did you have to hit the button? No, I, I didn't. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I didn't really know how serious it was. I I stayed uh, that night. Or I, well, the reason I, I part part of the the contribution to the problem was I, I stayed at a location where there were a bunch of Boy Scouts that night. There was a spring there, so there was mm. water. But they they got there before me, so there weren't any flat spots, and I I slept with my my head. You know, maybe mm. a foot and a half higher than my feet, oh, so the, wow. the, the blood wasn't moving up. Mm. And, and as it turns out, one of the Boy Scout guys was a, a medic or you know a paramedic or something. So he looked at it and said, "Well, go ahead and get to the road, and we'll haul you in when when uh, we get there." But uh, while I was waiting for him, some another long distance hiker she agreed to take me to the hospital. She spent the whole day with me. You know, Calling me to the hospital, making sure I got checked in and all. So, so I, I was pretty fortunate, and you know, they took care of me there at the hospital. Gave me a shot of something in the stomach to mm-hmm. dissolve the blood clot. And Whiskey? No. Jim Beam? <laughs> what? You know, you know where I went when I got out of the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I went. I went and got a. I went and got a. Some, it might have been a fifth. Um, and, you know, I, I shouldn't drink it because I was medicated, but it's the best time. I, I felt like I needed it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> had to get over it. Yeah. So, do you meet a lot of kind people on the trail, like that oh, yeah. lady? Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. Question, man. It, uh, and that's one of the things that, that I, I was impressed by long distance hiking. Uh, was was it kind of restores your faith in humanity in a lot of way, mm. you know. Uh, they've got these people that get this label a trail angel, you know, and, and they, you know, they get that because they they provide assistance to the hikers, you know, rooms rooms to stay in, yards to camp, in places to shower, transportation to and from town is is a big thing. You know, it saves you from hitchhiking. Yeah, and uh, and you know, they just they're, they're good. Deed doers for for hikers, you know they kind of cater to the hikers, and it, uh, you know it's just just acts of kindness, right? You know, it, uh, it's like a community, yeah, yeah. of um, the, the long distance walker hiker, yeah, right? yeah. Like there's they're, they're, it's kind of tight knit. Well, I mean, everywhere you go, do you eventually run into somebody that's supporting what you're doing and willing to help? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. You know, the, close by the trail, you mm-hmm. know, the yeah. trails. Uh, but yeah. uh, 
you know, and, and you see a lot of former hikers, you know, you know, they they, mm. might, they might go somewhere and buy a hostel in a hiker town, you know, mm. and, and they, you know, they kind of understand what hikers need and what yeah. they want. And I, you know, they're probably not making a lot of money, but uh, like Maine, for example, all those old uh, mill towns and logging towns, you know, you got these huge homes, but you know, nobody wants them anymore. They, so there's a, there's a lot of hostels there for hikers mm-hmm. and a lot of trail angels. How do you find them? Uh, well, some of the apps I was telling you about—that—that's how you find them now. Okay. It used to be you'd find up, find them in the along the along the AT. There's a shelters, and there's always a log book in there. So everybody okay. wants to get in and read the log book, but now it's all on cell phones. Right, know? right. So I don't even not, not sure you can find a log book anymore in the, in the huts, but. Uh, it used to be word of mouth, you know, kind of like the old hobo trails, you know. Yeah. And like, there's some resemblance between long-distance hikers and hobos, you know. They, they, <laughs> they know know where to get the free meal and the yeah. free ride. Just a warm, dry place to sleep. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 A shower every couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. The AT, Appalachian yeah. Trail, for people listening that might not know. Yeah, right? Then the PT, Pacific. PCT. PCT, Pacific. Coaster Crest, Crest, Crest Trail, Crest, yeah. and then the Continental Divide, correct Trail. Those are the the big three, and then the oh. Tony Knolls, and the Tony, <laughs> Tony Knolls. <laughs> that's, that's the big one. Start there, Sean. What do you know about the Kasugi? Oh yeah, Kasugi Ridge. I have not done that. I'd like what? to. Yeah, I'd, I'd like yeah, to. Yeah, that's right up your alley, dude. I, I know it's it, you know it's a some yeah, summertime hike, and yeah, it, uh, I've been yeah trying to fit it in, but. Put it in the book. It's in the to-do yeah. Yeah. file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm interested in it, and I just haven't got to You guys it. got the invite today, I think, Daniel. We did? Well, talk to Alexia when you get home. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Cisco told me about it, but the dates interfered with the fishing, I think, yeah, if those were the original dates. Well, there's never, like, an original date. It just kind of, like... Yeah. Well, gets, you can't go open around of the Russian. There's just, I can go. Yeah, you I can't mean, go. No. Yeah, I can't. I'm totally good with that. Now, if you move the date, maybe we'll yeah. talk about that later. No, that's a good one though. That's a good one, and it doesn't yeah. take a lot. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful to do it one of these, one of these days. And you get the most epic view of Denali. I bet. Yeah, from the, from the top of the ridge. If you yeah. catch the weather right, which there's no guarantee on that. Yeah, yeah. But I'd say it's probably the best. Outside of an airplane view, which is pretty cool too. Yeah, it's it. well, there's it's never nice on the opener. I heard it's oh, is that what you're told? <laughs> Last couple of years, I haven't heard there's any fish on the opener either. So, uh, uh, see what you gotta do, you June, know what I mean? June, uh, June 11th sounds like it's gonna be uh, snowy. Oh, you know, I was no, thinking I know. about that, that too. That, that was a concern because it was snowy when we went the end of July, yeah. Yeah. right? No, yeah. it wasn't the end of July, but it was the. It was my anniversary, July seventh, yeah. tenth, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Mid July, it was still snowy. We didn't go in July. It was June. It was before Father's Day weekend. Mm. It was our I anniversary. Look. I got the dates. I yeah, it was in June though. It just sounds snowy. Yeah. So, well, the year before we went, um, it was like that record hot time. Mm. And it was like we were hiking in like ninety degrees up Sweet. there, and it was actually brutal. We were what? like peeling our boots off and sticking our hiking feet in the water. In shorts. Yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah, yeah uh, hitchhiking on the parks highway in ninety <laughs> degrees was yeah. not cool. 
Yeah, yeah June, swaps. June 26th to the 28th. There we go. There we go. Mm. And you can so, bring your skateboard. So, so actually, I'm excited about hiking it this year that early because I met a group like years ago that did it on Memorial Weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, and they did the, the northern, um, is it Troublesome Creek or um, which one is the, is Troublesome on the, the south end? Oh, uh, so little, it little connects coal, little coal, to little other coal, creek little trails? Little coals, the... Connects yeah, like it's three. Yeah, it's, it's like a loop. You go all the way to uh, little Byron coal, Lake. Little, or, uh, little coal in the northern part, and then you can drop in to Ermine Hill, Byers Lake, and then I think trouble Lower Troublesome at the end is the very end. It's like 27 miles. To do it all. Which in Sean Miles is days. like, I can do that in a day, but <laughs> I do it over a... Two nights, three day weekend, <laughs> seventy pound pack with a gigantic pack where I carry two <laughs> bottles of wine, Sean. Two bottles of wine. It's the anniversary yeah. hike. That's right, baby. You oh. put them in like the plastic cups. Yeah, or? those platypus. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll transform from the bottle to that, and then we have our little like our coffee cup is our wine cup. We don't carry two different cups because mm. that'd be overkill. Yeah, yeah. You're already doing two bottles of wine, so you don't want to bring you know two cups. But I might want to take something. Something stronger and say, wait. You know. Well, you know. Yeah, that's right. You know, the red wine, you're out there with your lady in the mountain. You know, yeah, you don't want to get hammered. Time, you know? um, but uh, I, so I've done it in three different like times in June. So I'm actually excited about doing it early so that I can get a gauge for like the spectrum of seasonality of the hike in June. Because, mm. you know, it is going to be snowy up there. I already know mm. that for sure. We you take your snowshoes. You think so? I don't know. Wow. I think so. Man, remember how snowy it was coming down that one side? I was prepared to, if we had to, like, turn around and come back. Uh, like, I'm prepared yeah. if we don't well, make Even maybe full, on that first climb, I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. Which it's all which is all sun. Yeah. It, it's getting sun. The reason why there's all that snow on the backside is because uh, it, the sun isn't yeah. hitting that area enough. And it's not melting it. So that's why that stretch that we kind of like skied down the yeah. last day. Yeah. So I'm prepared if we have to like get to a point and turn around and come back. Yeah. That we won't make out. it. So I'm, I'm good with it. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to finish the thing out. Right. But yeah. I mean, I, I want to be able to be like, okay, I've done it three times and it's been three different times in June. And, you know, Maybe this early buggy. it was like this. Oh, it will definitely be less buggy. Yeah. Because we went a week before when we went last year, the year mm. before, and it was not buggy. Well, it was also 90 degrees, so maybe that had something to do with the bugs. Yeah. Yep. You know. Sticky um, and buggy. But mm. the bugs were horrendous last year, or year before last, when we went. They were really bad. Yeah, I wonder what it would be like in the autumn. Oh, that's the best. Is it? Yeah. yeah, what I've read is the best. Not for the view of Denali, because you have more likelihood of shitty weather. Right. But less bugs. The foliage, the berries, um, you know, there's, there's just, the you colors. see moose. Yeah, yeah. You, like there's yeah. just more mm -hmm. more stuff going on. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So what other uh, Alaska hikes do you recommend? Oh, hmm. Don't say Tony Nels. That's Daniels. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of day hikes in the two gaps. Yeah. And I, I planned some routes. Multi-day routes, um, you know, not trails per se, but, yep. uh, you know, they might involve trails. But, right. Uh, um, 
Yeah, a lot, lot of, you know, just a lot of stuff in the two ganch is, is. Have you done Johnson good. Pass? I have not. Okay. Yeah, thought about it. You've done some like unbelievably epic international hikes. Yeah. These are some like staple Alaskan hikes. Yeah. You got to get um, your 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 boot track in those things. I got to spend more time here in the summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I'm kind of working that way and. Maybe Southern Hemisphere in the winter is what I'm kind of thinking. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got some you know, trip in, in, in Australia and another one in New Zealand I want to do, and their seasons are different. So, mm. um, But, you know, I'll be, I'll be back and hopefully back in the Brooks Range this summer for a month. And Yeah. That sounds exciting. That, That's yeah. one of my favorite places on earth. Yeah, yeah Brooks Range is just so so expensive. Oh, yeah. it's just yeah, massive, massive. You yeah. ever done the dunes? You ever seen the? Dunes? I've flown over. Oh, but I haven't been on the ground there. Yeah, you ever seen those guys? The I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, you it's on the No Attack, right? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. It blows me away that those exist. Yeah, where yeah. the hell did those come from? Like, how did those form? I think just wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What well, is the crazy. oldest mountain range in Alaska? I think it is the Brooks, right? Absolutely. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I they extend pad- from the Rockies, technically, I, I think. Paddled the Noah Tech in 2019 from... Um, go to... Like Matarak to Oh, it's on the Cobra. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah did you connect that in with a, a trek, too? Yeah, we oh, walked right into far right. Anaktuvik Pass, yeah. paddled down the John for a while, then went over to the, the other drain and just walked out. Isn't that wild? That sounds awesome. Yeah. I had to get a flight into Bethel. I had an eye infection. I had to come home for a week. But uh, my partner continued on, and I joined him at Lake Matarak. Okay. Took our pack rafts to Noah Tech Village. That was a good trip. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, the route. Yeah, I just follow the river. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, One way or the other? Yeah. Well, we, we probably started that about 50 miles north of um cold foot uh-huh. got right up there and then started hiking off the the hall road i forget the name of the pass well-known pass and follow that uh, anaktuvik pass and I'd, I'd ship my pack raft anaktuvik so i didn't mm. have to carry it yeah my partner carried his the whole oh uh, mm. uh, young he, he liked to carry weight you know? yeah, yeah sure what do you think of pack raft then what do i think of it yeah uh, it's uh I I, enjoy, I just ordered a new pack craft yesterday. Oh yeah! So, Did you get the one where you can s- store the gear inside the? Tube? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a custom pack craft. Oh so really? A little bit longer, a little bit wider. I, I got long legs. So yeah, yeah. My two existing pack crafts are—they don't fit well. So. Yeah. Do you, Do you those find it be is for sale or? Uh, maybe next spring. Yeah, okay. I got. Uh, I might know a buyer. Yeah, I got. I got. Uh, I'm only five eight, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the one the one that, the, the one I'm not gonna sell would probably suit you. The, the other ones, mm. the other well, one doesn't suit do us both any good. But I, I'm sure. planning to I'm planning <laughs> to do a, a bucket list item of, of rafting the Wabash River in, in the fall. So. Oh, so I need have a brother that I think is going to go with me. So I need to. Oh, outfit him. Two river rafts. Got Where's the Wabash? It's in Indiana. Okay. That's where I grew up, and I always 
wanted to, I always wanted to raft it. I pictured myself on a Tom Sawyer type raft. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pack raft is a little easier to. Yeah, yeah. a little upgrade from the logs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I had a uh, platform floating. So after, after, I, after that, I think I definitely got to get rid of one of them. It, uh, well, you know, I'm yeah. novice, so yeah. I don't have a really yeah. any specific need. I just right. want something that I can get across the waterway with yeah, or a little yeah. float. They're, about. Good, they're good tools. Yeah. He pays in massages. Just a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> I can get that little shoulder problem you got ironed Take out, out real nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, what did you do for work? Uh, I, I worked as a uh, an engineer, mostly doing environmental and sanitary engineering. Did. A lot of environmental cleanup for years in, in the state, super fun sites, and then I did some water and sewer work. So. Okay. And, and what did you say earlier? You retired at 53? 54. 54? 54. 54 years of age. Wow, that's almost that's a great number. Yeah. It, uh, just kind of worked out. Yeah. You know. That's perfect. That's a beautiful life. Can't beat it. So your career was 30 years? Oh, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, uh, That's an early, early retirement, man. Yeah, I, I started working when I was young. and um, My goal was to retire at 50, so I missed it by almost five years. Did you kind of start pre-retirement at 50, though? Start dabbling? Uh, you know, I was, I was pretty busy with work then. I was, I was being yeah. what, what did the work that, entail? Uh, you know, it, it probably started with field work and then doing technical project work and then project management, and then I ended up doing some uh, managing home businesses. Mm-hmm. So I kind of progressed from yeah. technical uh, to management like, you know, engineers do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the environmental cleanup stuff was mostly hazardous waste. Uh, oh, okay. You know, identification and and, and clean up um, spills and things of that. Yeah, nature. yeah, you name it. But you know, it's, it, I did uh, a lot of work for the military, Department of Defense. You know, and they mm. World War Two, they were all over the state. You know, mm. making making messes and jobs for the future. And <laughs> um, so I did did a lot of cleaning up after yeah. the the government. You know, there you go. Please, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty pretty good work for a while. I got, I got, um, took me all over the state. One last question for me: What, in your opinion, was the best camp spot you ever slept in? Mm. And what's this one I'm looking at up here on the on the TV? Looks like the Rockies or something. Oh, that. Is um that might be the Goat Rocks Wilderness in the northern Cascades of Washington? Yep, Pacific Crest. Yeah. Oh, good what would you say if there was one? You're like, I, this is the one spot that just sticks out in your mind as maybe the most epic or the most beautiful spot that you've ever just had to lay put the tent up. Like I got to sit here and look at this. Yeah, I, I, I guess the answer is I don't know. You're still looking for it. Yeah, but, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm fortunate to have so 
seen so many beautiful spots that yeah. Yeah. you know. You, Have you almost forgotten? Maybe. Hey, I've forgotten a lot, but you know, it's it's. You know, you see so much of one thing. It, you know, I won't say it gets monotonous, but mm. it just you mm-hmm. know, it, 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 it's it's hard to find something that when it's all outstanding, it's it's hard to find something that stands out. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, think about it a little and, bit, and, and you know, and you know, and it might vary. You know, depending on the sunrise or the sunset or the yeah. weather at the time. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I just thought maybe one would stick out in your mind. Um. Or somebody you shared it with, maybe too, that might have some impact on it. Yeah, yeah. What about you guys? You know, you I, I, I do a lot of a lot of solo stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. and, and there's been a lot of times where I thought, boy, it'd be nice to have somebody here to share this view. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, it's, you know, I'll put that on my to think about list. But that's a really hard question to answer. I know it is, and yeah. it just got me thinking. Like, what's my, mm-hmm. what's mine, and what's what's yours? Like, maybe think about that. When that I brought up that Kasugi deal, it was, I don't want to say that's the one, but it's something that is like, and I read about it. It's like the best view of Denali, and it's like, oh, yeah. it gives you a really unique perspective on the mountain, the glaciers, and the angles, and. Yeah, I don't want to say it's the most beautiful thing. Well, it's I mean, personal, or, probably or, too. Like for me, yeah. I thought mine's probably Camp Three Hundred and Sixty because it's just like to me. That's what it means I thought a lot. of too. Mm-hmm. Just been there a lot of times, and like you know, my first caribou there, and yeah, it's pretty majestic, and a place I want to take my kids yeah. and show people. Well, you and, know. and something that's really simple and redundant or repetitive, or I mean, Sleeping Lady is a pretty. Yeah, fucking epic view from flat top. Yeah, I mean, yeah we're, we're surrounded like, by so much here. That yeah, how do you, you choose see a one? Lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you see a lot. Some of the views from Thompson Pass. Yeah, I mean, there's some just yeah. some areas that are. Oh, you get visitors here and they're ooh ah and every every minute. Well, you know, it's, ah, it's, yeah. it's just another day. You know. Yeah. You know, and Daniel had our our uh, website image up, and he made a um. That's the Brooks Range right there. Oh, yeah. And we were just glassing one afternoon, and we're cold, and I just I had to get up and stretch my legs, so I walked over to that little ridge, and Daniel got that picture, and it's like... That's a good view. Man, like, there's, mm-hmm. like, so many other instances in yeah. that hunt and other hunts and other adventures that we've been on up there where some of those areas are just unbelievably amazing, like, fake-looking. Oh, yeah. Like, you're oh, looking yeah. out, and you're like... You can't believe what I'm looking at. Just surrounded by yeah, and it's like majestic. Yeah, and there's so many things. And where where was this? Oh, Oh, we can't tell you. Okay, (laughs) that is up there in the Brooks Range, uh, right between the north and the west coast (laughs) and the Kenai Peninsula, right in that one spot. I've seen that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I think that like when you're talking about favorite camp spots, I mean the thing is. Most of the spots, spots that you go yeah. to off trail, you know, off the road system, you find these gorgeous spots and they're just unbelievable. Yeah. But but there are a few that are actual camp spots. And my actual camp spot, similar to yours, is on the um, middle river of the Kenai. You, I think you mm-hmm. may have stayed there, but um, 
there's this fire burn section and it's about 30 foot cut bank and people don't know there's a camp spot up there but there is and you get up there and you got the Kenai turning and then you're looking at all the the mountains behind ski lack and yeah it's super picturesque so i like to answer your question like when you get off trail every time but the one that is on like the road system is that one yeah yeah, I'm glad you were able to answer that. Right? So, so many spots I've gone by and said, boy, I'd like to camp there. Yeah. God, it's only 8 a.m., you know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't set up the tent yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, you see a lot of places. That's yeah. true, yeah. man. And then the one yeah. you find, you're like, damn, I should have stayed at that other one. <laughs> well, and that's cool that you, you threw out uh, a scenic campsite off a river. I'm thinking driving, hiking, mountainous. Yeah. That isn't a mountainous but that's still well, it, these big mountains are coming right. Oh no, out of no, the it water, is you know? unbelievably yeah, gorgeous. Right. You're right. I mean, there's even. I mean, could we include a, a camp spot in Prince William Sound in the boat? I think every I mean, Prince William I, Sound yeah. bay. It's, but there's another <laughs> like, like that, yeah. unbelievable. It's hard, man. Like, yeah, I know why Sean Centennial? couldn't answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, lands in, lands in, the lands in. Yeah. Yes, yes. That'll be my favorite of, spot this weekend. Kind of runs together after a while. You oh, know, I bet. You I know, bet. We're, we're surrounded by so much. You know, yeah. Well, and if you're talking that, about international, yeah, Scotland, Australia, New Zealand, Mexico. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, there's every, every, be, every place has got its own kind of beauty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. go back home and well, you know look at a cornfield. God, you know it's, it's kind of prettier than I remember. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you appreciate it more, don't you? Yeah, but you know, every place has got its own kind yeah. of beauty, you know, except for maybe big cities. But yeah, yeah. well, even though sometimes yeah. if you find little niches of yeah. beauty in big cities, but I, I mean, I, that view from the Space Needle in Seattle is pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you do the route and the roundabout, and you got the Rainier in the background. I mean, it's like there's an urban. Yeah, just set the tent up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can there the now. Set a, yeah. set a tent up I anywhere in Seattle. Right under the bridge. Yeah, right, right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I lied. Hard, I have, I have one more odd question. And I want to ask all you guys this. And I like to ask people this because they never really thought about it. Um, what's your favorite sound? You're leading into a caribou call here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, silence. Really? Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> I never heard that answer. Yeah, no sound. No way. Yeah. Silence is kind of, um, like, I found it really hard to sleep when it's, like, too quiet. Because huh. you get that, like, hum. You know, you lay down, and you can, for oh, me, yeah, I, yeah. Get, I get that. Sometimes like, you can hear your heartbeat. Yeah, you get like that, like yeah. almost like a hum. It's like so quiet that uh, y- you hear like some muscle memory. You hear, from your, your, you hear your own motor like, going. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Favorite sound, man. Wow, that's a good one. The water. What kind? It doesn't yeah. matter. It can the be water. the ocean. It can be yeah. rain. It can be a little bubbling mm. creek. It can be a river. It don't matter. The water, 100%. Every time. Mm. I have two. Oh, man, I have... My first ones. one is a really a piece of meat on a hot, hot grill or, or pan. Mm. That, psh, as soon as the it hits sizzle. the pan, mm. I like that. And my second is the sound of rain on the tent. Mm. Oh. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Ooh, That's a love-hate. It is. 
That's like a love because I'm sleeping in, so I don't care. Yeah. And I'm going to sleep so good. Yeah, yeah. Then there's the wake up the next morning. I'm like, fuck, I had to tear down camp. <laughs> the rain. I'm always <laughs> thankful that I'm inside. And yeah. Something else I like is, you know, you get up in those black spruce forests and you can hear the chickadees. You know? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So that's, a neat, that's a neat sound. Like a morning yeah. sound. Yeah, even at night, too, you know, they kind of yeah. just, uh, you know, it's the only sound around. You can hear them doing their chickadees. Yeah, and it's really light, so it's not disturbing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's usually you know, right in the middle of black spruce and nothing yeah. around. And the opposite might be the magpies in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, they get a little, they get a little yeah. raucous, don't they? <laughs> That'll make you want to kill yourself. There's an unnamed bird, at least I can't figure out which bird it is down in the southeast, that just kills me in the morning. Yeah. It's, it's like our rooster. Oh. Just screams. Yeah. Oh. Those those blue jays were pretty nasty. Yeah, you ever hear them things? It just squawks yeah. some nasty blue jays ass. Jays can get annoying. Yeah, the great jays aren't so noisy except mm. when they are, but they're usually trying yeah. to steal food so they're right. quiet and just sneaking around. Little robbers. Yeah, yeah. I'd say probably the one that just gets me going the most is a you know when you're sitting on a knob and you're been moose hunting all day. And you hear the first gluck mm. response of a moose callback. You know, mm. that, that oh, just yeah. distinct. Ooh. And that just, you could have been there for 16 hours thinking like there's Heart's never going to be a moose ever. And then that thing just huh, one yeah. gluck and it just like brings your spirits back yep. to the highest mm. peak. It's probably mm. one of the most like exciting one. things yeah, and, yeah. and like sounds that you're just please call back you know like please huh. respond yeah and another would probably be um man there was always this like awesome moment years ago we used to go fish the little sioux when the kings were still pretty good and we'd go down there you know up down river whatever we decide to do and it would be kind of like the dog days or the dog hours of the day or mm -hmm. midday and it's hot the, the sun's on the river we're anchored up we're like passing out at this point, and uh, it always seemed like it was Eric's dad, Bruce, that you'd wake up to a what, and the sound of that oh, setting the, the hook, oh. and that was always a sound that was like if you were dead asleep, laying on the bow of a boat, like, and yeah. you heard that, yeah, that sound of that line ripping through the water, mm. and then you know, yeah, a mm, fish on man, that was like yeah, two yeah. things that came to mind was the yeah. moose gluck, and then that line just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that and, so the, and the sound of a, a fish hitting the flop, hit, hit yeah. inside, yeah, little roll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. That was always a good one. Yeah. yeah. Any last question? Really good question, though. Mm -hmm. Man, that got me going. Yeah. I'm gonna try to figure out my campsite, though. That's there you go, Jackie. Any more questions? One. Well, just it, any other adventures planned other than what we talked about? Um, and I'm hoping in in the fall. <laughs> Yeah, actually, one of my bucket list items is to climb a redwood, and I just sent deposit for a uh, basic tree week uh, climbing course in really? Oregon City, uh, right south of Portland, for beginning five days beginning August 29th. So hopefully learn, and then maybe next spring I'll, I'll be able to do the redwood climbing course. Awesome. So ice, ice climbing to redwood climbing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to climb trees as a kid, you know, and I'm kind of, mm. and, and then you know, I read this, read a book about uh, this group of guys in California that, that 
went out to, to find the tallest redwood in the, ah. on the planet there in, in California. I actually, I visited the, the the Redwood National Park last October. Oh, that's on my list. Uh, they're just humongous trees. Yeah. You know? mm. They're just fascinating. So, um, How do you even start climbing that thing? Uh, ropes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just don't like grab this, a branch. You, like you get a bow and arrow and you shoot just, up a, okay. a line and you pull the line and you get the other ropes. Mm. Okay. I haven't done it yet, but that's no. I did. I did oh, that's a, no I, joke. That's what I, you do? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, but I did a Douglas Douglas fir climb mm. in, in Bainbridge Island a couple, mm. couple of Septembers ago. My son and I went and did it. The, the ropes were already strung there, though. Oh, I saw a picture of you doing that. Yeah. Ba- Bainbridge Island, like uh, in the sound? Yeah, yeah, right. Well, right out of Seattle. Oh, on Bainbridge oh. Island. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's see. I had a picture of you doing that here. So anyway, here we um, go. Do oh. you use any special gear other than that? Like oh. any like metal? Yeah, he's got it right there, right? You yeah, know? I don't like, think so. They're real sensitive about. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, parents, you don't want to tear up the tree. Understand it, it, it's not permitted on federal land. Okay. The mm. guy, mm. The guy down there in Oregon, he's deep. Cuts a deal with some private owner to let people come in and climb the redwoods on private property. It just seems to be once in the spring. So, hmm. yeah. Is that with your son there? Yeah. Yeah. He lives in Everett, Washington. Okay. All right. so nice. He joined me for that. And That's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's How not an adventure I think about, like tree climbing. Yeah. It, it seems to be. You know, it's another another thing these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How high are you, are you right there, you think, oh, in in that other picture? Oh, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 feet. Okay. I'm not sure. And how high are these redwoods you're going to climb? Oh, well, I think the tallest redwood is you know, 400 some feet. 400? Yeah, what? That's, that, that's the tallest. I, I don't think yeah. that'll be the one that I climb. Yeah. But, uh, 390? Yeah. <laughs> Hit that 250 mark, you be all right. Yeah, that that'll be fine. 25 stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 400. I I think I think that's the the tallest one. What what's it's got a name? I can't think quote Sean. 400 feet. So mm. they're shooting an arrow like basically straight up. Yeah, I mean those those branches, you know, they fall off, and you know they'll have they'll have branches come off that are the size of trees. You know? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, the it Red just Woods. seems like that crazy thing there as a is. kid where, like, I'm going to shoot an arrow straight up and then down yeah. in there and wait for it to come down and try to dodge it, you know? They <laughs> 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 I mean, probably don't have sharp 380 feet. Oh, okay. So 379 is, they oh, say, is man. the tallest redwood yeah, in California. Hyperion. Yeah, I, I think he's probably, okay, I was off by 50 feet. But, um, yeah, that's the tallest. I was down there, and then I, wow, look whoa, at look at that one above everything else. Before I went, before I went, I'd, I'd put the, I'd found the, the location oh, on Google because the government won't tell you where it is, but I, I forgot. Luke, that. Luke, Luke Mel's class showed you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are well. I mean, it looks like. I mean, you got to shoot a bow and arrow pretty good, huh? To get yeah. it up on one of those branches. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe got to use a cannon. They haven't taken, <laughs> I haven't taken the course. Yeah, yet. I mean, I wonder what the base to the most lowest branch to even get started is oh daniel there's a comparison to the um this one oh i was looking at the statue of liberty but that's the empire state building and then there's a statue of liberty and then the tree tree's taller than all of it oh wow mm. that's a great picture that's awesome wow dude 
No, that's not the Empire State Building, is it? That's the. Yeah. It, oh, that's, that's Big Ben. Big Ben, yeah. Big ben, yeah. Still, that's crazy, though, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They're just you know, they're fascinating organisms when you yeah. think yeah. about it. They're that's crazy. Huge. What how old that thing is? <sighs> Hundreds. I mean. Hundreds. That's crazy. Wonder how deep the roots go. You know, I, I think those trees have shallow roots because uh, the, the soil is not that deep there. Mm. And they just spread out. Yeah, they got a big network. And, and then, oh. then from the roots, other trees will spring up. Yeah. Mm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And it's just like yeah. just nested in oh, there. Oh, it's a network tree like an aspen? Like I think an so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It looks like some firefighters or something there. Like they're trying to protect it. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, like the, smoke jumpers. The bark on those trees is is it, the, they're you know, genetically predisposed to, to not being harmed by fire. You know, it's real mm. thick, spongy bark. Yeah, it's mm. kind of an interesting organism. Yeah, yeah, like it won't. It's designed not to catch fire. Yeah, designed to be, survive. Be wet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hence and, why and they're, it they're, got they're so kind old. Of a, they're in kind of wet climates, you know. They're yeah. way, way up yeah. there, and they get the they get the water from, from the clouds. You know, mm, yeah. there's whole whole different ecosystems living. In those yeah, things, you yeah. Know? They got Definitely. trees growing within the trees, and yeah. Wow, Sean, do you mind if we give your uh, ins- or your Facebook out in case someone is looking to do one of these long trails you've done, and maybe they can contact you and get yeah. some info. Yeah, that's uh, that's fine. Okay, so if you're looking for uh, to find uh, his Facebook, it is. N T N apostrophe S Adventuramas. N T N apostrophe S Adventuramas. And what does N T N mean again? Uh stands for no trail name. No that, trail that's name. My, that's my trail <laughs> name. <It's NTN. laughs> that's awesome. Uh Sean, we appreciate you coming in and sharing your knowledge and your all stories right. and, and all the history you have and the experience you have with, with all our listeners and we uh hope you have blessed future adventures and you can complete that uh ever uh thickening file you yeah. have of, of your bucket list there yeah you gotta work on it i figure you gotta follow that meme the leading cause of injury to old men <laughs> is them believing they are still young men yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's i feel like if you just follow that mantra right yeah. is that the right word mantra that uh you should probably be okay Ah, don't follow it well no no i'm talking about when those young guys go ripping by don't don't try to keep up with them and fall down and cut your finger or whatever no (laughs) i I, I don't try to keep up with anybody (laughs) (laughs) i saw that there at the end i thought that was that was perfect (laughs) alaska thank you for listening we appreciate you stay wild you remember me uh, speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management. Providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit acminc.com today to put your money to work. 
Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreeHouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. Their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Super Glue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects that may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Anchortown Dogs, located on 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Crude Magazine, Alaska-based media outlet using the last frontier as a springboard to discover larger truths about the cultures of our great state. Read more at crudemag.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. Lady with a Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details, specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings. Find Lady with a Plan on Instagram. Should you not claim to be at least his equal in prowess and act upon the claim? I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth and is too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy, and it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.